check, 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 check. Big checking. Hello. <clears throat> Let's do this. Mushy, mushy. Hello. <laughs> wow, your <laughs> audio is three-dimensional. Oh, is it fucking echoing? No, it's just the best thing I've ever heard. Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's so nice to hear your voice. No, um, oh, likewise. I'm going to give you the... Uh, wait, say something again. We'll do audio testing. Check one, two, testing. So I'm, I'm, you're hearing me through my uh, AirPods, but I am recording this um, in Logic. Oh, okay, dope. Because uh, I think... You want to just send me your file? Cause are you recording me how I sound? And you? No, I'm just listening to you, but I'll send you my wave. Yeah, yeah. Send me your wave, and we'll figure it out. It's good to have a backup anyway. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, and whichever one sounds better, I would assume the the 58. But um, how? So you're going through like how are you routing your audio to come through the phone? <laughs> well, I bought a PC <laughs> last summer, so I have my busted ass MacBook. That is going into an H6. My microphone is plug- plugged into the H6. The output of the H6 is going into my broken H4 Zoom, which I've recorded like 85% of my career on. That's hanging apart. That is being used as the audio interface for my PC. That is <laughs> going into... I'm using Adobe Audition for this because I have it right now. And nice. then I'm calling you on... FaceTime audio because it's like lossless and lagless. Wow. No, it, it's crazy. Like this, this is, it sounds so good. I'm the king <laughs> of de- like low, cheap, ghetto, white trash setup with like high fi output. That's like my whole yeah. life is built on that. Um, my, um, my, I, I like to hear that your H4N is, uh, is dying because I, I literally still have the same one that we probably, 10 years ago yeah. uh, would make silliness into, and I still have it. It's like at this point, it's, it feels like, um, like an artifact. Dude, it is an artifact. <laughs> the onboard mics are like broken. The wires are going, it's so banged up that I took this thing all over the world. Cause like, yeah. even I, when I did Harmontown in at the Sydney opera house in Australia, cause this is like, cause that show is so chaotic. They would just, I would get, I would be in a new city in a new venue. We are. I would get there 45, 30 minutes before the show, sometimes 15, and have to set up an audio. And I'd go right to the audio guy. Oh, say, my God. I would say, give me, two aux- give me two auxiliary outputs that don't affect the volume of the mixer. Put all the mics in one and all the crowd and music in the other. And then I would yeah, put makes it sense. in the one and two, and then I would mix it later. And then, um, <clears throat> so when I went to the Sydney Opera House... You know, it's they have all these little side theaters that we were in, um, and so I went to the engineer, and so they had all the all these places have the crazy the the, the very first show on the Harmontown live tour for the documentary was in Phoenix, and we were at some comedy club, dude, and I get there, and the sound is run through like a like a, a, a imagine like a thermostat wall panel. <laughs> yeah, people people who haven't like toured before don't realize that everything is held together by like gaff tape and duct tape. Yeah, dude, you would, <laughs> like at these really nice venues. This comedy club was built in the '80s, and it's like a temperature control. Like, dude, there is no input or output. 
It is just some mics going into some old ask. Like it's plugged oh into my God. the stage, which is just running into a circuit. And then, and so it sounded like shit. And then I have 15 minutes to go. And so, you know, I bring every sort of cable I, 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 on tour I could I think of that might, you know, be, pro- I have nothing. And I go, yeah. And I find in a box an old DVD player. And I was like, does this plug into this? They're like, yeah, it does. And so I plug into it and I'm like, and I just figure out to get the sound from the stage from the output of this old DVD player. And it You're works. just using like the RCA? Yeah, RCA. I RCA <laughs> to fucking uh, like quarter inch. Quarter inch, yeah. Fucking save the day. Oh my God. Um, see, I'm, those are those are the stories I love to hear. I'm going to punch in because we'll cut this out because I'm going to give you and teach you the... Uh, also, oh, I got to get closer to my mic for my end. Um, oh yeah, I'm way down. Okay. I'm going to give you and teach you. So this is the spiel we give uh, podcast guests for Feral Audio. I just say it to everybody. So this is not live you know, say whatever the fuck you want. Don't hold back. Say people's names. Say whatever you're thinking and feeling. <laughs> we can cut things out. You have full autonomy. If you say something and you're like, wait, cut that, I will make a note of it. Also, you can listen to it on your end and just send me timestamps. And I will, I use beeps, like old school, like like Quentin Tarantino. Oh, killer. And people like cool. love that, dude. They makes them feel like they're listening to something they shouldn't. It, it, <clears throat> yeah, that's it. great. So Love it. Cool. Okay, I'm going to punch back in. Okay. Uh, man, this is like giving my listeners a dozen double red roses. Because, dude, I made the <laughs> worst podcast episode ever like a week ago. It was fucking crazy. I was like losing my mind and in this BPD episode. And I did this really oh, no. insane thing, dude. I promised on April Fool because I, I just, I promised I would fucking I, pr- I promised I would fucking put out an episode and uh, I just at the like the artist who did my cover, cover art with Jesse McManus was like was that a joke and it was like 1145 and I, pl- I plugged in my shit and I recorded this quick episode and I, I mixed mastered and edited it and it was online in nine and a half minutes it was like record breaking oh, wow. for me and it wasn't a joke, but then everybody thought it was a joke and I was like, ha ha, where's like an up in there? Cause I was off air for a year. Oh wow, yeah. I've been doing, I talked to this fucking therapist, uh, that I talked to for like five years. She's a life coach actually, but I've been practicing this. She's like, have you ever really felt your anger? Do you ever express your anger? And I'm like, yeah, well I bottle it up and explode. She's like, no, like do you ever, you have a lot you have a lot to be angry about. Do you ever let yourself be angry? And so I went on this three month tear of just literally anybody any shitty roommate, anybody fucking with me, just yelling at them and telling them off. And it changed my life forever. But wow. I but I couldn't stop. And um <laughs> And yeah, uh, turn- the Pandora's box was open. <laughs> I, I couldn't turn it was like years because I was I did all this therapy and and all this shit happened and I was like, no, just and all this Buddhist shit, just like hold it down, hold it in. Yeah. And then it just I couldn't turn it off. It was like hitting an oil thing. I couldn't fucking shut it off. And then uh so I turn I went on for two and a half hours, like on no no sleep for forty eight hours, and I 
I talked so much shit, dude. I just yelled into a microphone. <laughs> I just made an episode for the haters, and I but I yelled at every listener. I called people out by their names. It was insane. Oh no! <laughs> I love it though. Yeah. Um, What's man. the line? Um, sometimes I just wish I could get on TV and just let loose, but I can't. But it's cool for Tom Green to hump a dead moose. <laughs> <laughs> Little did he know podcasting would become a thing. No, you love Tom Green too. He's like. Oh yeah. I talk to him often. We, we text. It's hilarious. Yeah, Every you, time he texts me, I'm like, what? <laughs> no, even before you met him, you were a huge fan. And one of the first, Oh, massive. I had this VHS tape that I got from a head shop when I was like a teenager of his, just a reel of his can, 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 Canadian show. The like, yeah, those are the best ones. And have you ever seen the one where he's, there's like this entire land where there's aluminum cans sticking all over these trees. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's one of the best bits he ever did. And the guy comes out, oh my God, <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, I, so, you know, growing up in Michigan, just literally across the river was Canada. So we'd go to Canada a lot. And I remember being, like, this is before I was even um, <clears throat> of legal age, but uh, I would, you know, go with my parents and over in, in Canada, they, I, I'm sure they still have it, but the beer store. And the first thing I remember uh, being a youngster is going to the beer store and my parents uh, got some beverages and they handed them, you know, a 20 American and got like $25 back. And I was like, they give you money here. (laughs) I just didn't understand. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so but that night, maybe this was like Windsor, just across the uh, the Ambassador Bridge uh, from Detroit. And um on TV, pub, their public access, um, the rules are, are different though. You could swear on TV. I don't know if it's changed. This is, you know, this is like 25 years ago, maybe or 20 about, years ago. I'm in Michigan. Yeah. But going from Michigan to Canada and we were on some like camping trip and, uh, before the trip started, we, st- we stayed in a hotel. So we had a TV and I stumbled upon Tom Green's public access show. Oh, holy like, shit. That's like years years before MTV or any of that. And a lot of the stuff in the MTV show got repurposed or whatever. And, um, but I mean, I, I'd like, I, I absolutely like would and have gone to bat with him and he's always been, you know, one of my favorite comedians of all time. I just, I love how forward thinking he always has been. I mean, talk about podcasting. Oh my God. He was his live stream show. Do you want to know the channel? The dude, in what was that, 2007 or six or seven or eight, he had a live streaming mm-hmm. talk show on the internet. Do you want to know the first time I ever talked to Greg Turkington, who, who is Neil Hamburger and, and did a podcast on uh, Feral Audio? Yeah, he's, he's buddies with Tom, right? Yeah, you want to know the first time I ever talked to him? It was after uh, Tom Green did his live show. He did oh, Poolside Chats. Poolside Chats with Neil Hamburger. Oh, my outside God. The, I the, can't believe you know what that is. On the very... Well, I watched every episode of that Tom Green thing. I mean, obviously you would. And on, <laughs> I didn't have cable, dude. I had Winamp, and, and I had this yeah. bootleg pirated thing. I paid $5, and it had infinite channels of every show you could ever imagine. You know, oh, wow. South Park, shit, every TV show, and it just streams on a 24-hour loop. And I'd watch, like, Young Ones. Have you ever watched Young Ones? No, I don't think I've seen that. Dude, it's, I don't like British comedy. It's the only British comedy I like besides that and Mr. Mm. Bean. But Rick Mayall drops a, a, <laughs> Drop Dead Fred. Do you know Drop Dead Fred? Rick oh, Mayall? yeah. Wow. Dude, Throwback. It's, it's a fucking show from the 80s and it's a mod 
a punk rocker, a square, and they are roommates. It's like one of the best shows ever. But anyway, <laughs> so I didn't have, I like was working at a grocery store in Wisconsin and I made six twenty five an hour. So I just watched, you know, I was just so online. Well, I have been for my whole life, but I was yeah. watching that. And uh, then all of a sudden that's, that was my introduction to Neil Hamburger. And I, on my oh, landline wow. phone, I called in and it rang and he picked it up right away. And if you watch oh my, my first poolside chats, I call into it. <laughs> oh my lord! Wow, that's that's like some ultimate street cred where I come from, man. Oh, we were talking about Canada because I'm from Wisconsin. You're from Michigan. Like Michigan is the better Wisconsin. It's like <laughs> I've heard this. <laughs> I, it is. It is. Wisconsin's like the, they both look like gloves. Wisconsin's a tattered, shitty, embittered place. I, like so, I'm really blessed to say. I have like maybe 10 best friends, you being on the top of the list in this life. And like, I don't know why, but maybe like four of them are from Florida and four of them are like from Michigan. Michigan just makes the best fucking people. I love Michigan. It's weird. I think it's the water, but maybe, I don't know. Definitely a Midwest thing because, you know, in Wisconsin, at least you had Lake Michigan. And uh, it was, it was funny because when you said that they both look like mittens, uh, I never realized that and, until I realized, oh, yeah, there is that uh, peninsula up in Wisconsin. I don't know what peninsula that oh, is. The UP? No, no, not in Michigan. The, that, little, that little thing in Wisconsin that goes up that makes it look like a thumb. Oh, yeah. That's like, uh, what city is that? Fuck, I can't remember. Well, no, okay. So it's, it's north, I know that. I wanted to jump in on this Canada shit because uh, when I was younger – like Andy Richter once said, you know, Wisconsin is little Canada. So I've like grown up around Canadian. I only really like <laughs> yeah. one Canadian. Kate Calais, I love you to death. You're the coolest. Fucking Canadians are like so I don't even care. I'll alienate every Canadian and listening to this. <laughs> I love Montreal. Like Berlin and Montreal are my favorite cities, but you know, they're their own thing. But Canadians have this like weird nose in the air thing about Americans, like know-it-all pretentious thing. It's mm. crazy. And it's crazy. Like I've, I've run into it my whole life. And uh, my friend Kate Collet, she knows all about it. And she was in LA and um, she goes, Oh, my two Canadian friends are joining us. And I did this whole rant for everybody with us. <laughs> and I was like, Canadian, they have their nose in the air. They think they know it all. Like you can't tell them anything without them one upping you. And these two guys came in and they were like letter Kenny motherfuckers. And, um, Kate mm. Calais, by the way, is like this amazing photographer friend of mine for like over 10 years. She, she was a teenage VJ on much music, which their version of MTV. Wow. And she like, just get you know pre-covid or whatever she gets paid by like every festival sony or whatever just to go and take pictures and so that's uh, cool yeah she's the shit she's one of my best friends but i was sitting there going off like yeah they just fucking know it all or whatever and these guys walked in and it was like i wrote it was like i wrote it and it was like I wrote a bit. <laughs> they were like, oh, is Bob Dylan playing? What bar plays Bob Dylan? And it's not even any oh, good. No. It was so funny. And anyways, but there are Canadians that I love, so I won't trash every Canadian. I'm, I, in, my, in my experience, it's either been Canadians are the best people I've ever met or the worst people I've ever totally, met. Totally. Like Floridians. Like the most, the most, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the most, um, yeah, the most demonic human being. Uh, well, <laughs> one of the most demonic human beings I've ever met. 
so Canadian and <laughs> let's, and, and let's, you know, it's, you know what it is. Oh, it's yeah. that they thing. always talk about it. Yeah. It's, 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 they lean into, and I'm, I, for all of our Canadian listeners now, I, I love you. I, I honestly feel Canadian growing up in Michigan. We are right both there. Canadian. That's why we get to talk shit. Wisconsin and Michigan is a set. It's like how <laughs> Southern Los Angeles was Mexico. We're basically can- Canadians. Exactly. I, I know more about loonies and toonies than I know about uh, nickels and dimes. <laughs> um, no, but it's, uh, I don't know, like on tour, you know, it was always, yeah, like Montreal was always great. Um, oh, it was it's such a, a such a cool most cool scene. city I've ever. If it's either I would live there or Berlin. Like I I they had me go to Sound of the Just for Last Festival, and I I've never mm. I've never seen more beautiful women in my fucking life. Like where, I didn't where, realize. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say when you go to a gas station anywhere else, like it's like old dude working there, and in there, it's everyone is a model. <laughs> it's a fuck, the population, it's a, like a beautiful model working at the gas station. We're like, where the fuck am I? Also, Seven Elevens in Canada, dude, are gourmet. Have you walked into one? I don't know if I've usually. Uh... Usually, if I'm in Canada, the only place I go is Tim Hortons. I, I'm convinced. I, I'm, I'm of the uh, the mindset that there is some sort of uh, premium quality to their coffee. But I've not been in the 7-Eleven there. Next time you're in Canada, the second you see a 7-Eleven, go into any one of them, your jaw will drop. Dude, it's considered gourmet. It's like hot food. People, It's an unreal experience. It's nothing like America. It's crazy. But okay, it, so you reminded me of this story. I, was, I just got to say this. Like, my dad's best friend in college was a dwarf. And we just called him Uncle Jim. And he was a Canadian. And... Um, I have such a visual in my head right now. Yeah. And so I was <laughs> from before I even like, so it's really funny because when my parents got married and had my older sister, they still lived in a house with this guy. So this is like my dad's college roommate and best friend and his drinking buddy is Jim who's a dwarf. And he was like an actor, of course, cause that's like most of the work that they can get. And, um, so I grew up in, you know, he drove this big Ford with the pedals that were like super long and extended, you know? Yeah. So oh, yeah. I've seen these. I, my entire life, this is, and we just called him Uncle Jim. He's like family. I don't have this reaction when I see little people that I, mm. and I, I, I've, I have an akin to if you don't grow up, because, you know, like, I I was such a fuck up. They 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 tried to make an example of me and took me to Madison and put me in, in the South Park Street transfer point, the like drug like pinpoint between Minneapolis, fucking Grand Rapids, Chicago, and you know it's like this gutter part oh, of boy. Madison into in like a, a, a diverse charter program. It was just like for like the, the thirty worst kids in the entire county. I was one of them, <laughs> and. Uh, it was yeah, the best troubled thing. youth. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, but like exposure, I, exposure therapy, therapy kind of thing. Just being a because just being being around fucking diversity. Like I learned so, yeah. like so much uh, from being around black kids and Hispanic kids, and then so I just so and I I, I, I it must be akin to people who just don't grow up around any black people when they see a black person. Um, so I am with people. 
like when I see a little person, it just doesn't even register. So uh, like Uncle Jim was like the coolest dude. Unfortunately, he passed away really young, as a lot of little people do. Yeah, it seems and, to uh, be the, uh, the so trend. He got married in Toronto when I was eight years old um, to another dwarf. And uh, they had a whole wedding. And uh, I went up to Canada as an eight-year-old. And they had this wedding. And there's a open bar or whatever. And so uh, you're from Michigan. So if I say this, you, you know what a kitty cocktail is, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's it's a Shirley Temple. That's a that's a yeah. Midwest thing. Um, oh, is it really? Yes, they don't call them oh. kitty cocktails anywhere else but the Midwest. I love that you know oh. that. That's how I know you. Strange, because Titanic is like uh, my actual brother, like not blood related, but we are we're like brothers, right? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and <laughs> like, like spiritually, um, but yeah. so we go, I go to this wedding and I'm eight years old. And this is my first time, like, really drinking in my life. I go up to the open bar at the wedding and I ask in Toronto, it was in Toronto, for a kitty cocktail. And the old bartender dude gives me this one, he closes one eye and he gives me this look. He's like, and he pours me a fucking <laughs> drink. And I, I drink it and I was like, nah, whatever. But I used to love weddings. I was this little show off and we'd do the Pee Wee Herman dance and shit. Oh yeah, a little attention whore. But um, I was, so I'm doing my thing, and I keep going back, and I keep, he's serving me alcohol, and oh, wow. I eventually am so noticeably drunk, and my fucking parents grab me, like, are you drinking or whatever? And they drag me to the, this is the most Canadian thing ever. It was so funny. I I just remember it so visually because this is my first time getting drunk. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the start of it all, but it's like, uh, <laughs> but they, they drag me to the bar by my wrist and I'm standing there like, and my dad's standing there like, did you give him alcohol? And he's like, yeah, he ordered a kitty cocktail and in Toronto or whatever, that's an alcoholic drink. Oh. And, uh, and then she was yelling at him and he just shrugged his shoulders. He didn't give a shit. It was so funny. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, unfazed. that was my first time Whoa. getting drunk. Well, that was the thing to do, you know, being so close to the border. I mean, I, my hometown was Saginaw, so it's, you know, a little further, further from the border, but it's still, you know, anything within an hour, an hour and a half to me is just like close, but, uh, people, you know, it would, it would be, you know, you get to 18 years old, you can drink when you're 18 in Canada. And so people would go down to, uh, you know, Detroit and, uh, just cross the bridge and then you could go into Windsor and go to the casinos and drink and do, do whatever. I, I, I did not partake in that, but a lot of my friends did. And, um, you know, it's funny to think it, it's like, it's almost like when you're, when you're driving through the States here, I remember like peak COVID, um, I had gone back to LA and I didn't want to fly. So I just drove and, you know, gas prices were like $5 or something like that in LA. And you literally, you cross the border into, um, what is it? Uh, Arizona. And is that, Oh, my memory is not serving me correctly. You cross I, the border. I'm, bad, outside. I'm bad at that shit too. I've been in Oregon and I have no idea what state is next to me other than Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you cross the border from, um, Canada or uh, California and immediately it's like, you know, gas is $3 cheaper. It's like, do people just cross the border to get gas? That's what I would do if I lived that close. And apparently they do. Yeah, totally. Apparently you can do that with uh, weapons as well. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good to know. 
(laughs) dude the best place to buy anything is in oregon it's the shitty dude this place taxes over 25 percent of my income but it's horrible but they don't so when you come here everything is zeros you know is is straight because there's no sales tax and so i didn't know that dude it's the best that's why you know i work in electronics you know that's what i got my degree in it's what i do as my day job now um it's the best place to buy a car and electronics in the, you don't pay, So when I go on Amazon or anything, cause I'm in Oregon, I don't pay anything extra. So if you ever need a new computer or something, send me the money, let me buy it for you and I'll ship it to you. It'll, it'll save hundreds of dollars. Yeah. It's, it's there. You, I don't ha- it's awesome, but it's the same for guns. So people come here and, but you can't buy oh. a gun here with a California, they hate Californians, but, um, I finally got, you know, th- this I finally got an or this is crazy. Did you ever think the f- t- 10 years ago when we first locked eyes that in at the Dresden in L.A.? <laughs> yeah, um, one of the best bars on the planet. Absolutely. Uh, rest in peace. That guy just passed away. The uh the, the the dude from the uh, Marty Marty. They were playing the night we were there. Oh, no. Yeah. He just passed away last year. A legend, oh, I legend. didn't know that. Yeah, LA is yeah just, Hollywood legend. LA wow. is just it's, it's it's over. Uh, that was how I knew. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, did you ever think you you would be in Texas in your oh, boy. own house, days away from having your firstborn son? I would yes. be alone in Portland in my own house, and we would be podcasting feral audio would be over you wow, <laughs> your, your yeah. band would be over and we would yeah. be starting a new fucking art house <laughs> collective together. never never in a million years Dude, but I, you know it's it's one of those things like um you know i i think about this like daily you know um i thought this earlier you know i uh I was eating eating dinner uh, with my significant other, uh, who was very pregnant, and you know it's just dead dead quiet, and you know we're out now in you know rural uh, Texas, and it's like you know like uh, I I go to the Tractor Supply Co like often now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, I that's like, the hard work that's store. like what I do now. Yeah, literally. And just in a dining room, never had a dining room before. And you know, a nice, beautiful, a, a room that is very large, bigger than most of my apartments in, in Los Angeles or, uh, Chicago. And it's a room that's only dedicated to eating. And it's dead quiet other than, you know, I've got some crooner, you know, music going on in the background. And I just thought like, I've wanted this for so long. And I, at at that time, you know, when we, we first met, you know, we, I think still had like the stars in our eyes, like that were blinding us kind of thing. And not knowing that, you know, it was all to get to, well, it was all to get out of LA. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's, you're, I can't believe people are still there and, and COVID aside. Oh, good Lord. I, well, I mean, what you're describing is domestic bliss. And yeah. I got a month ago that I, I, I fought 
people don't realize when you cancel a working class person that gave away all of their money and you're a working class person that also suffered this indignance, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. um, every dollar, like all of that, all of any money I walked like fair lot you ended, I lost in January, 2018 within the first 30 days of that, every dollar that I've lived on from February, I gave it, I had to give it all to a lawyer. It, and every mm-hmm. dollar that I've made since February 2018, I made from selling my shit and Uber driving. And yeah. I had to fucking, I couldn't get a job for three years. I had to literally get in line at, with immigrants in the Uber line trying to re-answer. I literally had to re-answer my own country as an immigrant just to fucking survive. What I went wow. through to get, I, and I, I never thought I would live in Portland. And I was like always trying to leave you know, the second I got here, like back to LA, back to LA, back to LA, because the reason I love LA and I, my heart goes out to everybody there is because what makes LA so great is it really is a working class town. There's no fucking labor laws. No one's protected. People don't realize how hard people work out there. And it is every exceptional mm-hmm. kid from that, from their high school yep. in the world going to one place at least for a while and portland is like this too it seems like everybody has the portland's a really depressing place and so it's actually i now that i'm like planting my feet it's a perfect place for me it's very moody <laughs> and all it's it's like very unstable much like me and it's like but, um, <laughs> la though is like this mecca for when you go to get a haircut in LA it's like that person is the best at what they do and they're trying really hard to make it and yeah every time and you need like I met you that you meet your like best friends and like my heart goes out there but when shit was going down and I was watching from afar I you know I was about to you know I had to get rid of my fucking cat of seven and a half years after my other cat died and it's just I was crashing at this Portland house and I ended up staying there like up until a month ago like way too long that was just terrible and I couldn't do art or sleep or eat as like in this little closet living for three years and um like I was about on I gave my cat away at March 17th I'm like I can't be in this fucking room without my cat anymore like in the first week it the it was the day before lockdown and I had had to be locked in my fucking room without my cat. And that's my first week of COVID. It was excruciatingly hard. It was the, it was like, cause I love that cat and I, he was miserable being locked up in a room and the dog wasn't mean, but it just is a fucking undisciplined dog and it just wouldn't leave it alone. Um, and so I was, I, I, all I had, cause I lost everything in, I sold every, almost everything I own, all my recording equipment, electronic equipment, besides my Zoom, like anything I couldn't fit in my Prius and drive up to Portland. This guy, Trevor Stewart, saved my fucking life. Let me crash at his house with his pot belly pig um, in Portland for like six months when I, <laughs> yeah, I remember I was literally going. I've I've been skirting homelessness and I'm not even out of it yet. But um, but uh, I know I'm in my home. But like as soon as I got here, I was supposed to, you know, I was just, I was my my on and off partner and friend was supposed to move in with me. We were going to, you know, make uh, they're going to be help me run my label and build a home together. And we were talking about having kids and getting married and shit like two days before they, wow. um, you know, and I'm I'm. And I was starting to crave exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it's it's we we when we were there, we were on the tail end of what I think 
I was there at the tail end of this 30 year comedy arc that is peak comedy. And when I was, I was always just into comedy as much as I was into music as any other art. And I kind of, my dad, my dad, you know, he's, I, well, now I'm back to the level where he can shit on me, but you know, when I was like 16 or whatever, I was just this little MP3 kingpin. And uh, <laughs> my dad came in the room. And he's like, you know, because this shit was illegal and all this stuff. And he's like, you're going to get some fucking trouble. And I'm sparing some details legally. I got fucking. Uh, I'll beep this. No, I'm, not, I'm not joking when I was 16. Uh, I'll tell you that off air. Um <laughs> I didn't know that actually happened to people. I thought that was just like you'd see commercials. You know, you wouldn't download a car. Dude, I did an entire paper about this after that happened from eighth grade, and I'm trying to find it because there was a politician in 1998, 99 that used taxpayer money to um, ar- arrest and send to prison. 16 U.S. citizens for downloading MP3s. One of them was a Hispanic single mother of three and a maid. Of course. The FBI showed up at her door. They used taxpayer money to do this. Do you want to know the name of this politician? Joe Biden. No. I have fucking hated this guy since 1998 or 99. I wrote an entire paper after this happened to me. Um, well, at least at least he doesn't remember this. nobody does nobody does he's the most authoritarian piece of fucking place worst president we are leaderless right now i don't i'm not gonna talk about politics anyway i'm gonna talk about art here to talk about art but um no like uh i my dad when i was 16 came up and he's just like because i was still doing it he's like why do you like this so much i'm like this is because i was contributing to this uh down this audio galaxy service where you share mp3s and we would we would rip oh so you were you were seeding i was seeding but we were coming up with genres on that website that are used to this day like the whole thing is it, it there was it was all about coming up with genres and like electronic folk indie folk stuff and i was just this little midwest teenager kingpin going to shows and just burning shit and you would yeah. you, you would go on a web browser and you would load up a satellite like a separate thing, and then I, I would queue up all the songs I wanted. This is how I got into all all the records that I just pulled. Tw- tw- I, I I did this big exodus to Wisconsin and back last year. I am for the first time in my life anything that survived my teens, twenties, thirties, Wisconsin, Portland is in my right around me right now. It's like I've never had. Oh, wow. I've never, dude. I cannot wait to show you these records and books I have. Every dollar I, I worked at McDonald's and shit I ever made, I bought records and went to shows. I have shit you wouldn't believe. I can't wait to show you. Um, but Ooh, yes, dude. Um, my dad came in the room and he's like, why do you like this so much? And I'm like, cause I want to be a, I want to be a DJ. I want to have a radio show and we're going to make radio shows as these, we won't need the radio anymore. We're, and I said that to when I was 16, right? Yeah. And so then when podcasts happened, I was like, holy shit. And then, you know, Mr. Show was my Beatles. So like Mr. Show, I went to LA for Mr. Show reasons. Um, 
and ended up working with all those guys and, you know, getting mentored by Bob Odenkirk, who's like fucking hero of mine. Like right when I got there, legend, he's yeah. the best flawless, flawless relationship I've ever had with anybody. He's, he does, he did what he did. He did to me what he did with Tim and Eric and Chris Farley and so many other people. He just sees a talented person, takes them under their wing, and then just lets you go. <laughs> and he, it's amazing. It, it was like rock. He's cool. just, he's the coolest. Um, you know, it's funny. I, some, some, I was like, real quick pivot, but uh, pivot away. something I was listening to, um, they're like, oh, yeah. Um, he was like a guest or something on something recently. They're like, Bob Odenkirk, you know him from... And I was like, oh, yeah, Mr. Show. And they're like, no, you know him from Better Call Saul. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Dude, it's unreal. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, ten, 10 years ago to the, I didn't realize. So this is crazy. Uh, I want to talk to you about down and smiling at one point. And then once, once we're kind of naturally feeling the end of this, I have a game we're going to play. It's the one segment I have on my show that, and that people really like, and it's really fun. So we'll get into that later. Um, cool. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't realize like, cause man, I have been secretly working on this, fucking it's i put label in quotes uh ghost label whatever you want to call it um i've been working on this for four years and only one person knew about it emily cross who like the week i was canceled came into my life in a really crazy way but um she's just She's my death doula. She's one of the greatest singers and songwriters in the world from Cross Record Loma. I, it's just unreal. And thanks to Spotify, because I went on Spotify, I was finding bands that at the very bottom of like similar artists to Low was this band Loma. They had one single that is dropped, Black Willow, blew my fucking mind. I found them on Twitter. It's like right after I was canceled and I tweeted at them and I'm like huge fan of your music. And they tweeted back. We love your podcast. I was like, what the fuck? turns out she had pitched me this podcast and I went through my email and I found it. I was like, Oh my God, it's called what I'm looking at. But, um, Oh, so she, she had reached out previously. Yeah. While I was doing feral, she was a, she was a huge fan. And uh, she's the most incredible person. She, while she was making her the Loma records, and we were we, I was I barely helped her do her podcast. Well, but I was like, you know, talking to her do it. This is like already four years, like four years ago, dude. And um, she was she she's an incredible person. She's she now just she's she's a death doula. When she came to Portland and did her live show, she does a living funeral ceremony, and I did I attended it. She just opened her own death doula place in the uk um she's the most fascinating person i've ever met anyways Mm. i have been just i didn't realize and it's been like i the thing that i've been working on since i knew you like you said the thing is to leave la right i I mean that's the best thing that's ever happened to me yes i knew the second i got there I remember looking in the mirror in my empty Hollywood apartment and I moved there with two oh, yeah. handbags, looking in the mirror and going, they're all going to figure out you're crazy and this is all going to end bad. I said <laughs> it to my fucking face and actually 90% of it was the most beautiful, coolest shit. But it was, you think it, from the outside, when you watch a movie, like every, you watch any TV show or movie and you look at every name in those credits, um, and every single one of those people 
for like six months or a year or more just had the worst six months in year of their life. <laughs> it is fucking <laughs> miserable making shit. It's terrible. And it yeah, never, terrible. never turns out how, the way the original person wants it. The second you start making something in, in that town, just all these sea creatures come up and just glom on and you're like, well, help with this and do this. And you end up, it's like a coral reef or whatever, where one little creature drags in some piece of meat and everybody comes in. It's Yo, like, yeah, it's, I, I mean, the best, you, you've seen like the time lapses of like, like, yeah, like an old piece of steak or something. And then like all the maggots come out of like the soil and like devour it. Like yeah. that, that is what LA does to art. <laughs> yeah it's not an art town dude it's a business town yeah it, it yeah is. I, well i mean I, i've been through the the major label system and the whole thing and there's yes, you there have. are great people you know <laughs> sprinkled throughout and and i've i've you know i, I have lot, lifelong friends and and people who uh you know I, everything that they've done for me and and you know likewise what, what i've you know it's 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 a, it's the ultimate city of you know you pat me on the back. I pat you on the back there. It's a very transactional location, right? Like that's something like being in like rural Texas now, like people will just, you know, make you like a dessert and bring it over and be like, Hey, I made you this. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you, what do you want? And they're like, no, I thought it'd make you happy. And it's just like, Oh, uh, Oh wow. <laughs> but it just, it doesn't exist. The first thing I, I realized, you know, coming, coming down to Texas and this, I think is a great example. Um, the first time I went to a grocery store here and the person at the cash, cash register looked at me in the eyes and I was like, Holy wow, this is different. Like there's a, and that's like on the smallest scale. That's just the first thing I noticed. And I was like, oh, wow, like people aren't in this like vacuum, self-obsessed bubble, which, which by all means, I, I was in my own version of that. But, um, well, I shouldn't say, but I should say, and that is just kind of how the way that's the way things operate there. And so now when, when young people, and I, I get this all the time, like multiple emails per week, uh, you know, people are like, Hey, I've been thinking about, you know, I'm a singer songwriter or a producer or whatever. And, um, I'm thinking about making, you know, taking the plunge and, and going to LA. And the only thing I can think is, think of is, you know, I wish I could tell them or communicate to them in some way, like, Hey, um, imagine making like millions of dollars and all of it being taken. <laughs> oh my God. I, I was, I was, I had $1,200 in my account at like when I show, and I'm lucky that I gave all my money away. I mean, I was, we were making with my network and we were making, I was giving it all away to hiring yeah. people to, into my company. It was just have been more to lose when everybody came and all like it invited a lot of liars and fucking ex and bad people in my life who were just trying to extort me. And when they just yeah. talked to my lawyer and like, he, I'm ending my business. I'm ending my relationship with him because he can't pay me. Everybody went away. I'm like, they left me like, yeah. And so, but you know, I will say this. I, I love LA and the, we get to talk shit. We get to talk the most shit about LA because it is a, we are, we have lived in, we have died on so many different battlefields together over the years. Like, oh, man. that's why yeah. we're fucking brothers. You know, we are like 
we yeah. it's talk about culture war culture war is started there you guys and all 100 all of the cameras in the world you know and you said this to me once it's like oh this is like even before you move to texas you're like oh yeah it's just like the rest of america that like you look at it like new york and la and like these conclaves of like liberal ideas but it's like oh everything else is just called a flyover state it's true they talk about yeah. every state like it's like it's fucking crazy but um yeah, it's disgusting. It's a, it's a place where it is, and I'm gonna go off about you a little bit, but um, please, yeah, like, because no, I know what you are and who you are and what a working class, like, out of your own pocket DIY fucking. You're the most prolific person, artist, mind. People don't realize you're this working class guy from Michigan. You pull all this shit <laughs> yeah. out of thin air. But the, both of our things that we did, all the stuff we did, is just what we were always doing our whole lives. It's just that we went to LA and our shit is so good all the time that people notice. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but that was something, I think you and I probably realized that at the same time, you know, uh, maybe, maybe 10 years ago, maybe eight or nine years ago actually because things started to really kind of take off uh for the first time at least for me you know um around around then and i I remember you know we were we were eating frozen pizzas and uh this is when vine was around and we'd we'd make silly videos about putting frozen pizzas (laughs) our vines (laughs) we are idiots we should have with tiktok now we should have quit music and art we should have just become vine celebrities we would be millionaires Oh my god! For all for, for the amount of work that we like <laughs> actually do, like our best our best stuff is just, just like these three vines that nonsense. we made. <laughs> yeah, but I, re- I remember looking at you at a certain point, and you know, we we kind of had like a similar uh, realization around around the same time of just like, oh no, it's it's not that we're like you know smarter or you know on some level of genius. It's just because of necessity, we had to figure out how to do like a lot of stuff. And it just so happened that because of the internet and streaming and social media and YouTube and all that stuff, we, we were well equipped for when people started to need people like us. And no, that then, town that, then that became, Oh, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that became, you know, the new system you know, every, every comedian and, and now like every band, I mean, everyone, everyone has a, a podcast and especially once it gets to a certain point, like they need a, a producer, you know, for, for lack of a better word. And that has become before our very eyes, um, like a legitimate, um, career. I and know that, that didn't exist. When I, we started. I was the second podcast audio engineer ever. And I replaced the I one guy who got <laughs> fired. Uh, and, um, that like I created what that was and like I'm yeah. only oh, yeah. I, 10 years ago I was the most meet, humble I would never say this shit but like when you look at my 30s as a whole it has been like grueling and miserable I've been on the precipice of uh, bankruptcy homelessness and death and addiction and stuff like that but I love my 30s it is like I you I love like you couldn't if you were like you have to go back and relive your entire twenties. I mean no 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 I would fucking blow my brains out. No, <laughs> it's no painful. Never this never. Is, no. All these I, my heart goes out and I know I'm finally at that age where I was like that's why 
all these guys in their forties and I had amazing mentors. So I've had so many amazing mentors. Same. That's why, you know, my late friend, like Neil Mahoney, it's like, they were me once they see that. And and I, I love being, this is why like, you know, no, none of these kids, you just don't commit suicide. You have no idea what's on the other side of life. Yeah, you have, you have no clue what's coming. It's, it's so it, it's so much cooler than the it shit is, that you have to go through. It's so painful to be, especially in your twenties. Like it's you oh, know, you're, you don't know yourself yet. Your brain matter hasn't settled, and you you are. But that ignorance, that like na- na- naivety is beautiful and it makes a lot of cool shit. And like what you were talking before is that me and you as poor working class people, we have, we're internet artists, me and you separately both figured out how to, we had no resources that we could use the internet to build up our big ideas or small ideas and make them look larger than life. Like a thousand times bigger than they actually were. Like, yeah, well, if you saw how feral audio was actually run it's me like you have you seen that simpsons meme where it's uh, like carl and or or whoever the dude is and it's like please don't tell people how i live yeah (laughs) that's literally (laughs) all of feral audio that's me (laughs) and well that's i know i i completely empathize and and, uh relate to that i mean it's my my experience in la for sure was like a a series of you know because in la the thing um I think that could be if, if you're someone who is out there and they're listening and, and uh, they still want to do it, which I can't say don't do it because it is a beautiful thing. If, but also if just you're be- compelled to do it for if there's if you feel it in your heart and your gut, if the and you know, when you meet somebody, you know, you can't like fake love or attraction. You know, when you just see somebody for the first time and the entire front part of your body is like in motion, you know, mm-hmm. or it can happen sometimes through the phone. Like you're in, you're not supposed to fuck everybody you're attracted to or date them. Everybody. Sometimes they yep. become your, you know, you, sh- you can, you should pursue them. Like you're attracted to them and, t- and flirt with them and talk to them and meet them. So they become your friends, your mentors. Maybe they become your partners, your boss. You just follow Follow your attraction, like follow that Donnie Darko tunnel or whatever <laughs> yeah, that the, is leading you to LA. <laughs> Don't go there thinking you're going to fucking make it. You won't. It's a, yep. it's a, it's a desert. And for some reason, all of the world's cameras are in the two shittiest places in the world. They're like 90% of the mm-hmm. world's cameras up until COVID. Now everything's different. Um, we're mm-hmm. probably in the best era ever, but are pointed at Washington DC and LA. And it's just the worst lying people of all time yeah it's yeah <clears throat> and that's, that's that exactly correct run used to run it doesn't anymore off of guys like us and it's like my friend ian had this amazing point he goes you know <clears throat> when i was growing up in the 90s it was like bart simpson and beavis and but like being a troublemaker like uh, uh, was a virtue and oh, yeah we us immediately with nothing like in front of entire systems like way bigger than us being so outspokenly against them not only that trolling them like with your mm. shit everything you've done is a high art kaufman esque by using the pop artist and music industry and movie industry machine by using its what it does from you were you 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 were like I'm going to just 
occupy perform all of its things while mocking it. And Feral Audio was actually mocking podcast networks. It was an art club. <laughs> the idea that I called a network for five, it became the thing that it was, and that, that's what happens. You live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And uh. I was so, I'm, I'm sorry to talk about myself so much, but I wanted to talk about, I wanted, since this is, this is so meaningful to me. I mean, you're, yeah, you're like a brother. You're my best friend. We have fucking gone through the trenches. The trenches. We so were we were in imagine. the trenches. Yeah. Oh Dude, my god. That place yeah, is a war like, zone. Do you know how it was bizarre to come to Portland and not hear gunfire and helicopters? It, it felt weird. We were li- like <laughs> us. It's brave to do it. I, <laughs> no, dude. I just I wanted to talk about how we met because you're the most. I've I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have done any of like you were the person I went to. You know to make the audio tag for my entire thing. You know yeah. you are the person that I consult with. You're the person that, and we are this for each other when it's shit is real and bad i mean you were the first person on the worst day of my life when the like i was on the news and i was losing everybody you texted me immediately like this is fucked up man you don't deserve this and i was self-crucified yeah like, hey no. i was i was there you were there <laughs> and i was there for all of your shit and i know the truth yeah, so i'm weird. like i was lit for both but i was literally in the I, you were i'm the only person that you ever let it, well I was the only person in LA, like in your first band, that was you let in your house and was literally there. Yeah, <laughs> and no, I, nobody, like literally nobody else. Nobody, and I, was so, there. I know like, even that, family. No, no family. I so, and I feel fucking oddly responsible, not just for yours, for a bunch of people, because mine, when it came at my level, sort of literally. Yours was a copycat of my ex's thing, and so was another friend of mine. I was like, "Fuck, dude!" And that's how I knew I failed. Yeah, everyone, like, everyone knows each other. <laughs> I'm just finally starting to look back. I'm, I built this cows enough, and I have this folder ever since I, I didn't even have an iPhone when I moved to LA. Um, when I started feral, I didn't even have one and I did feral out of a backpack and I just, I would get a day job at, like with usually an animation studio and then I would do it on the side or through the studio. And my boss one day is like, I've been fucking emailing you all day. I was like, I don't have email on my phone. He's like, what? And he just drove me to the Grove and he's like, this is an iPhone. You need it. Um, oh, wow. so ever since I got that first iPhone, I've been taking pictures and videos and shit. Oh my God. And I just have been putting them on a drive and never looking back since t- this is 2011 and I do it to this day. And so my phone fills up and it's out of space. I empty it into a thing and I never look back. And I just, for the first time, cause there's so many breakups and so many bad friendship law and shit that I don't want to see, but I'm finally looking yeah. back. Dude, yeah. I cannot, you won't believe <coughs> the pictures and videos I have from that time of us hanging out. Oh, I bet it's, I bet it's hilarious. And you, I have entire performances and sets and shit from you. I, it's unreal. So I want to just, it's, it's easy for us to like, um, we inspire, I, you inspire me in like every arena of my life since the moment I met you. And <clears throat> one of the things that I love about you from the day I met you. So I want to talk about how we met. And <laughs> so it's committed to tape. Yeah. I had, 
I don't even know if Feral Audio was out yet because I was working on Eric Hoffman from Mr. Show. He's a genius, and but he's got, you know, his 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 own thing. And we made this amazing show called Brain Warp the Baby Eater, Eater that he's been making for 20 years. It tried to be a movie, TV show, live show. You know, so when I started Feral out of my apartment, you know, the original people in the show were like, Matt Walsh from Upright Citizens Brigade and Veep, Bob Odenkirk, um, Matt Besser, uh, Brian Stack, and stuff. So all of these comedy legends love. Eric Hoffman's a genius. He's the he is the like secret of Mr. Show, right? He's he's there was amazing writers in there, but Hoffman, you'd be surprised how many of your favorite jokes are him. Like I was. Losing my mind, I was in my first apartment, and I, all I had was my computer, my two carry-on bags, and a chair, and, you know, shit people gave me, and mm-hmm. I was <laughs> working the show, and then my first girlfriend uh, in L.A. was the, before I even met, uh, you know, Harmon or whatever, was, you know, Justin Rowling from Rick and Morty's sister, <laughs> And I, I didn't even met Justin anybody yet. We just met uh, through. How did we fucking meet? Instagram, I think. You you hang out there a couple of times. Um, yeah, I remember her. You know, she's. I wish her well. She's she's got you know a family going on and everything. But um, and, oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now I always respect her because it's like, you know, of everybody that piled on to me, she never did, and that just says a lot. So, um, but anyways, you know, like I was. <clears throat> this is a whole story is like how I started working at Starbucks because I was dating, you know, uh, Justin and Amy lived in a house, their, their house together, like, uh, their childhood house. And, um, I was in there, it's like two in the morning and there's a pounding at the door and Justin's Royland's like, dude, get, as you do audio, right? I, I fucking have this pitch in the morning and I fucked it up. Can you help me? And I go out to his computer and it's the original Rick and Morty animatic that he made and did all the voices for. Oh my and he God. was so frustrated that at the end, you know, all, he did all the vocal takes, but dude, he had them on like 20 different tracks, like of each line. Oh no. And he just dragged it over a little bit and then, dra- so it was all misplaced. And so I just Oof. went through and I just do, 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 put it on one track for him, you know, editing. And, yeah. And then he went in the next morning, pitched adult swim and they sold the show. And so, Ooh. um, yeah. And so like, that's how I got in at Starburns oh, well. and uh, you know, I got whatever. Um, and then, but isn't I, it funny how circumstantially those, those things can be so fruitful, fruitful, but also this is the perfect thing that happens because, uh, you know, she was cheating on me and I found out while I was at her house and I was in LA and I was at their house and I did not know I had BPD yet. Right. I'm starving. Like you will fuck me over. I'm doing feral for no money. I've like, I'm literally 110 pounds. We've only been dating a short while. People cheat. I, it was just fucking how it went down. And I, my, I didn't talk. I just, the woman who gave birth to me (laughs) is how I refer to her. (laughs) Very, very mentally ill. I didn't talk to her for 10 years until last summer. The last time I talked to her was at a wedding in San Francisco that, uh, she, for an extended family member, um, in the, in, 
in Na- Napa Valley or, or wine country or whatever the fuck. And my mom came Napa, out with a mental, mental breakdown and tried to commit suicide. And I had brought my girlfriend to this wedding. It was our first meeting with my family. And my mom disappeared for three weeks. And either she, well, the woman who gave birth to me, um, she either wanted me to think she was dead or was really doing it. So it was a whole thing. And, and I didn't talk to her for 10 years because I gave her the ultimatum because I called ev- for three weeks. I called every in California and Wisconsin, like cop, like, uh, you know, I called everywhere trying to track her down. And it's actually, dude, this, you know, logic made that song about that suicide hotline. one 273 talk. Oh yeah. Fucking dude. Like this is before dude, I have called suicide hotlines. It just refers you to the nine one one dispatch people in your area and they don't give a shit. And I've literally was suicidal once and I called for help and it was they were like, Yeah, right. It was just some fucking person like in my it was like yoke and I, I literally remember fighting and it was actually getting angry at her that saved my life. Cause I was like, I'm at the I'm wow. calling you because anyways, when you call one eight hundred two seven three talk it is an actual experienced person or a survivor answering the fucking phone. So I am openly about mental health. I'm a suicide attempt survivor. I'm, I'm not out of it. I, I have my struggles with it, whatever, but I've made serious progress. And what I've done in the past few years, what people can't see is all the work that I put into feral audio is I've been working on in, there's something in me and I gave myself permission to fail and to be imperfect and that all of these things the, the good things and the bad things that I, I don't no longer believe they're good about they're a part of me and mm. they are a part of me but like so i i break up with this girl and i'm working now for these for this dude and i'm dating a sister the house is full of people and comedians and shit um, she basically goes, I got a new phone. Do you want my old iPhone? I'm like, okay. And then she handed it to me and it was oh, no. for our entire relationship. She hadn't wiped it. And I just, oh, like, no. all I had to do, I just looked at the text message. I was like, what the fuck? And so I screamed. I went nuts at their house. That was, that was intentional. They, they, you know, certain, certain people will do that. I, I went through a similar thing. Yeah. It's like self, it's like self-destructive. They, yeah, they, they, like they, shared shared computer and oh no, I left the uh, text edit document yeah. of my diary open about all of your friends that I blew. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, you know what? Do you know what that is? Is because uh, when people can't help can in a healthy way communicate. No breakup is like I know. I no longer want to be with you. Blah blah blah. blah. Because the love is a form yeah. of destruction. Love is people think love. Love isn't like the movies, dude. I love this. Um, uh, I, I my analogy for love or romantic love, not the love that like me and you have or you have for like real love that is uh, across this entire universe that occupies every molecule. Mm. The love that gravity right now is holding you to the earth and carrying you along. Not that love. I'm talking about romantic love that proliferates right. the universe that makes a new person or whatever. That love, there's this image I think the Hubble got. It's, you know, the Milky Way is made out of a bunch of galaxies colliding. And we're on a collision course with the Andromeda galaxy, which has also been made up of a bunch of galaxies colliding over billions and billions of years. And so when you look at this uh, image of two galaxies colliding, um, 
they are in a crash course and they hit each other and with they, their gravity affects each other. And then as soon as they hit each other, the, the suns and the centers, they go out to the, they, they go out like a dance, the left and the right, and then they come back and then they form or coalesce or either these two galaxies collide and this horrible violence and all this energy and all this information is exchanged and they go their separate ways and they survive. And, but by being meeting each other, they exchange stars and planets. Like there are entire mm. planets in our galaxy that didn't belong to ours. They just, when we collided to another one, they, they were absorbed by the gravity of ours or whatever. So mm. I think about, like, I don't think that your exes or all these ex friends and all these people are ghosts that haunt you there. I think it's all a part of you and who you are and your experience. And like what you got, I started looking at it. Like these are, I went in with the best intentions and these are shadow. Always. These are shadow partners, but they're, they're, when you, when you meet somebody, it is a form of destruction because you are taking two people with two independent courses in their life that if they don't meet and have this attraction for whatever reason, it's all timing, by the way. And, and, and it's like, you oh, can yeah. meet the right person. And it's the wrong time. And you, it happens to me all the time, you know, but, um, you take those two people and you break them apart and then you put them together to be kind of one operating thing. And then two entire timelines become, it's a form of destruction, right? And creation. Yeah. Uh, creating and destroying, creating and destroying, creating and destroying again and again, this time, always this time I will create the perfect you. That is a quote from George Mm. Petros, uh, one of my favorite art books, exploding hearts and stars that I just pulled out of storage. But anyways, that's good. I fucking, this all relates to the night our friendship started. It never rains in You know how, you know how little it rains in LA, right? That is one of the main reasons I left. <laughs> I, I missed I missed weather. You 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 say that, but then we had one good day this year a couple of days ago. You say that, but I actually love Portland because I do like the rain. Um, oh, I love it. I'm only happy when it rains. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get like thunderstorms like you do. Like oh my god, we get uh, just it's really if you can't it gets real like. Uh, so it's what, dreary up in Portland. Yeah, after someone after I moved here, someone <laughs> called it the uh, suicide capital of the world, and they didn't say that lightheartedly. And I I know exactly what they're talking about. Um, but yeah, okay. it can be bleak. I've gone on this huge rant about myself, but then this leads into just me going off about you because I want to talk to you about this and yourself and tell people what you tell people. I think for the first time who you really are or who you are to me, and I don't mm. think there's anybody aside from. Because you are this person who you have the best taste. Like you have, you know, the most incredible people and what they do and friends of anybody I've ever known. Oh, thanks, man. And you, I I mean, that's, that's my favorite part about life, you know, is, uh, the, the interact, the interactivity of, of human beings who, you know, do cool things. I think this is actually going to be your legacy because your legacy is not what these people on the outside. And it's not going to be your work, man. Your legacy Mm. is how we met. What you do (laughs) is I can't even every, you go out of, you did it this morning, dude. 
you go out of your way, you spot not only the most talented people, the people with like the best hearts. Mm. And I think, you know, me and you are very similar. It's like, we may not, and we have fucking trauma and shit. And it's like our romantic partners are probably, are nothing like the friends we make, you know? And also all you fucking try for a week to date the like, women we date <laughs> like try, oh, try, for my five, try for five minutes <laughs> yeah five <laughs> minutes try and survive five minutes with the fucking mm-hmm. women where except you know you're 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 happily significant other which i will someday find they're out there but um <laughs> no you do this thing surprisingly yeah yeah i'm so happy for it. i mean i if i i uh, fuck we'll get to it i hope you got time <laughs> um so oh for sure let's, yeah. let's let's pivot this to what i really want to say to you and talk about um like get serious here for a minute uh you your legacy is every time and i've seen you do it hundreds of times and you've done it with me and i'm 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 a similar way and i'm more this way sent because i met you and you do it and feral audio mm. wouldn't be you know i'm very much a listener aside from you know when i'm on a running the mic and i ADHD and I'm talking too much, but, um, (laughs) I see you, you, you take everybody, you know, and you hang on them. And that's why everybody during the shit that mattered had your back and always will. And you, whenever you have an opportunity or you have a new video, you have a new project, you call in all of your friends and the perfect people. And you, you have built a community. Mm. You share everything you do with everyone around you. Hmm. You do. And um, this is how I've always felt about you and thought about you. So uh, this night, I fucking go off, and it was so bad that the second I walked on the porch and closed the door, it completely went away, and I set out, and it was raining, and I said, oh, my God, that was really over the top. I said it out loud, and I drove home, <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Um, and I've, I went and bought three. I've never smoked so many cigarettes in my life. And um, before this went down, earlier in the day, I had tweeted from my Twitter because brain warp, uh, because I, I know, and I knew that someday, and this will happen. I don't know why, you know, it's taken this so long, but it will happen. Like 80, 75% of like old podcasts we know will be taken down because they have copywritten music in it. And I foresaw that. And I was like, so if anybody who's an independent musician, um, isn't on a label, please send me your music and we'll be featured in our podcast or whatever. I put that out earlier mm. in the day. I just tweeted it out. <clears throat> and um, you tweeted at me th- uh, that day after this horrible breakup and I, I and it did affect my job for a long time. Um, it took a lot to get past that. It was really bad and I don't feel great about it. But like I went home and you sent me, you know, your first band song. Uh, mm. And I have, I like, was filled with so much excitement and glee. And I clicked on your profile and you had grocery bag TV. And I, and I spent that entire night watching every one of your videos on what would have been Classics. one of the worst. <laughs> it should have been the one of the worst nights in my life. It, I, it gave me so much fucking, I was like, this kids, these kids are fucking 
going to be huge. I'm like, this kid's a genius. <laughs> I could tell right away. I was like, he's a genius. And I messaged you and, and, uh, and, uh, I was like, where are you? And you're like, I'm in LA. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, let's meet up. And I think you suggested the Dresden or did I, I don't even remember. Um, but, uh, that's where, that's where I was staying at that time. So it was one of us. Cause we, we lived pretty much in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Close. Dude, we lived that entire, I wasn't frankly, but you, we lived 0.2 miles apart that entire time, the same street yeah. like, off the same, we lived 0.2 miles apart that entire time. And what I love, yeah, about, I, would, I would walk to the Dresden like uh, every other night. Yeah. You suggested it. That was your spot. Um, and that whole time, yeah. Like, and what I love about you is how eternal our bond is. Because we could even go with like being neighbors, like so long apart, not seeing each other actually, and uh, and then it's like you know never. It's like as soon as we see each other, like get back to it. Um, yeah, exactly. That's, so, that's all of my best friends, though. You know. Yeah, totally. So, it's, it, that's you just you can't. Uh, well, that's 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 how you know the the friendship is real and, and good. You know, you, you, you pick back up right where you left off. It could be, you know, 10 minutes or 10 years, you know, in our case, we, we talk all the time, but I, I've, yeah, I've certainly, yeah. I, I have friends, you know, that I haven't seen in, you know, almost a decade, but well, no, I mean, every time we talk, we took a year, I took a year out. Cause I guess when you, God, you guys were so, what people don't realize, you know, Oh, God, like your first band or whatever, when that was ending is like, you guys grew up together. It was like very sibling -y, brother and sister. It was like a family fucking breakup, you know? And yeah, that was, that was intense. It was the most intense and it took a long time. And at the time I would, cause I hate when I go through breakups, losing, like choosing, like I lose all these friends that like choose my ex. So I was just trying to be friends with it, both, you know, everybody. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't, in the long run, you know, whatever. But I just like, at one point was just like, uh, you know, I just, both of you, I just can't, I don't think I can talk to either of you for a while. And like, you guys need to figure this out. And, you know, during that time <laughs> you, I would check in and it was weird. It felt weird cause we were so close, but I just was like, um, this is intense. And like, uh, I don't think I'm, I wasn't helping at all. And I was like, cause I was so weird. I was like the, I, I was the weird third i was the only person you guys let in i was there and i was so your biggest champion because that night you know i fucking i'm like and i'm and i and i go you're in la and i was like okay and we met like the next night at the dresden so you know this goes from 24 hours and i meet you two and the second i see you guys i'm like you're gonna be fucking huge just had this fucking look i mean these are rock stars or whatever right and your songs were so amazing i could just to tell right away i was like this is like top tier. So I assume you're from like <clears throat> LA natives and I go, so how long have you guys been in LA that you're like a week? And I'm like a week. Like, yeah. Our stuff is still in our car. I'm like, are you fucking We're from Michigan? I was like, what the fuck is going on? You had been there. Oh, for you're, a week. you're the, you're the first person I met. in LA. <laughs> but like, how yeah. we met because you very recently, I've been making, how I learned audio is just making music. I love music. And it's sort of like how I express myself in a hobby. And I'm for the, you know, weirdly as a 37 year old 
being a musician for the first time and you just recently talked me into like getting published and being actually doing it. Um, totally. Yeah. I, and I, you can find the song on my Spotify right now and I put it on for this very reason. Um, it's just a demo that I made on my MacBook in LA when I moved there. And it's a song I wrote called nothing special love that song dude still it's you were it's i was drop d right you drop d song <laughs> yeah you were yeah. like i still love that song dude i you told you were like this is my favorite fucking song i was like you get you what and you were like you knew so much about it you had listened to it you would and you asked me he's like how what are you doing here i was like dude you could and i was like so blown away by because you you understand the genetic DNA of a pop song. Like, so that night, I'll never forget this. Um, no, I, I love know. your, I love your vocal performance on that, by the way. Oh my God. Thank you. So you can find it. It's called nothing special. It's the B side to what the fuck, what, what did I, <laughs> what the fuck did I mess up? Um, and I, I, I just recently learned mastering and I put it on there. It's like the best mastering version of it, but this is what I, Oh, you remastered it. Yeah, dude. The, everything on my Spotify right now is my, is me. Yeah, dude, you got to listen to the master of it. It's on. Oh, killer. Yeah. yeah I'll dude, blast it. I, I did it as a love letter to you, but I just didn't want to like, be like, Hey, brag oh, about cool. it. Um, no, I'm glad I know it. I yeah. Know, it's I'm only on there because you, you were like, dude. And so, um, this is a testament to why all of you, everybody out there, that is just to me. I really felt it the night I made it. It is sloppy. I make mistakes in it. I played it one. I wrote it. I turned on my MacBook. I played it, and then I walked away. <laughs> and I th- <laughs> well, that's yeah. That's that's how it's done. <laughs> yeah, that's how I've always done my shit. Is I you are the same way, but like um, I have a yeah. whole fucking decade to unpack with you, and I got to get to it. But th- I met you because you are the per- you are a person who you are so into you are you have mastered so many internet platforms. You are, we're similar in a way where I think, I think there's some people who are, who are, and this is the type of person you want in a business or whatever. You want somebody that's really good on the day to day floor level that, that I'm half this, that when problems come up for how dramatic and chaotic I am, like when shit gets real. And I think this is why I have so many friendships. Like when shit gets really real, I keep my cool and I take care of shit and I, and I don't leave until the person that I care about is okay. And, um, that's just how I've always been. And all of, I think if you ask all of these people, like, why the fuck do you support him? Like, it's because in some people, and I forget, cause I just instinctively, it's just like, you need somebody like day to day who can just handle like explosions and clean up or whatever, put fires out, put fires out. And then there's people who can just, I think me and you are the same in this way, you know, and I've worked for people who are think always 10, 20 years ahead of their time. I I think me and you are like two or five year guys. (laughs) Like I (laughs) think we are forager because you know, we're, freelancers we're independent artists we're just kind of looking always looking up in the background like oh there's a something in the horizon let's go check it out you have mastered youtube before youtube was anything but you are on Bandcamp. you just go through Bandcamp and like find artists i don't think i've ever even really do- dove that deep on there because it's you found me randomly that's why you were following me on twitter because yeah. of this one demo i wrote it's the only reason that you become my best friend we met through music. I like, I, I like, I like the artwork. 
Oh my God, dude. <laughs> no one's made me, because val- I'm so sensitive about my music because um, I think the best thing I did for the world was put down the guitar and not just be another white guy trying to play guitar and like do audio and go to podcasting. Cause like, I love, I love it. I love writing songs. So I, it doesn't matter yeah, what I just, you, so whenever you guys got your place, it was empty and mm-hmm. we were hanging out in your empty Hollywood apartment down the street from me. And you, this is, this is uh, pre pre inflatable furniture too. Pre inflatable furniture, <laughs> empty fucking Hollywood apartment. My my place. Uh, was the, empty the next too. thing I bought was a bunch of. Uh, so I didn't mean to talk over you, but uh, no, please do. I, 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 I up. around the same time of the inflatable furniture was just so many prop guns that looked really real yeah. and fake money. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I I'm like gonna... if some if some like like police officer would have. Uh, made their way into there. They would have been so confused. Dude, I have all... furniture, fake money, and fake guns. <laughs> the bane of my existence <laughs> is that fucking Charlotte the mannequin, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that fucking mannequin you had in your both apartments through both your projects up, and you would move it around. Every time I would go yeah. over, it would be in a different place, and every single time. I would forget about it and I'd be hanging out and I would go to the bathroom and I would come out and go, Ugh! <laughs> like I would jump. Yeah, ten feet. Right there. <laughs> I never got used to that fucking mannequin. <laughs> and so I go to your, Every, everyone should have a mannequin. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we meet and it's like, honestly, I remember us. We, we were like, we all said, I love you. And I was like, dude, I can help you guys. We're going to work together. Like I can help you. And I remember mm-hmm. us group hugging, <laughs> like, and um, I mm-hmm. so the yeah. as soon as you got your place, and it was unbelievable you, it, how you set up, you know, your infinity wall and, your sh- and watching you do your shit. But the first time I go to your yeah. actual place, you go, you're, you go, I, I'm in for two seconds, and you go and you grab an acoustic guitar and you hand it to me, and you go, please mm-hmm. show me how to play this song. And my heart oh, yeah. is racing and I'm like, Ugh. and you watch me figure it out. And I'm like, I got to bring it up on the internet and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I dropped D and I've always just been sort of, I'm not musically trained or anything. It's just whatever. I, I just, I think what I think everybody, whatever you're into and as I'm learning mastering, you know, part of it's technical, but most of it is just following what all music, anything is, is just what sounds good to you. Yeah, oh, I think so. Yeah, there's no uniform way to do anything. Like it's especially in mastering, it's up to them. You know, they, you know. Anyways, at this point, like, and I figured out this. You were like, how it just goes from this to this D seven, and I was like, dude. And then um, I was like, it's. I was really listening to "Serve the Servants" by Nirvana. Oh yeah, there's a ton of sevens in no, that no, song. No, no, wait, no. What's the opening track? Serve the servants. Serve the servants. Oh my yeah. god! I go. That's I, how I learned seven chords, dude. I'm in for. I'm. I'm. We met or whatever, and I'm like in your place. We're hanging out for the first time. You, the second I walk in, you grab this guitar. You show me how to play this song, and I teach it to you. And then I go, yeah, I was listening to Serve the Servants, and you go, oh, and you tune it to E, and you start playing it, and I'm in awe of you, and I'm watching you play it. And you're like, no, check it out. It's just a Beatles song. Check it out. And then you play it in the style yeah. of the Beatles. And I, it, dude, 
that is like how I'm surprised you remember that. I will never forget it, dude. It, it, I've never met anybody like this and you, it doesn't just show with like Mars Argo and Poppy and all you can step to any genre. You, you constantly, since I met you, one of the things I love about you is you go, you, out of the blue, like we had this ongoing text thing for years, but you just, I, you won't respond for three days and you're like, Hey, sorry, I made an entire Christmas album. Here it is. I am the luckiest person in the world because I, you just send me demo. I've heard hundreds of songs of yours that you've never Every heard. Every demo. That yeah. I hope to God we do through Down and Smiley, and I'll talk about it later. But um, yeah, also, yeah. all your electronic music, dude, we're fucking putting out. All that shit. Oh, I've got, I've got, I've got versions of <laughs> songs that are Grammy-nominated with my vocal on it. <laughs> fucking electronic music is amazing, and no one's ever heard it but me. Um, so <laughs> yeah, for 10 years, dude, you understand, you as this working class... And not to you've done the same thing with film and as a director you understand what genetically makes up a pop song and Mm. you hear something and you you have it is like a beautiful mind shit something in your brain but it's really organic but you that's why when and I was so excited about that album because you were clashing genres like I was the biggest fucking you know I'm always your biggest fan because like you constantly go, here's my newest thing. It's the best thing I've ever done for 10 years. It always is. It always is. It always oh, is. Man, thank you. And Josh, appreciate that. dude, Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age. I'm gonna let you talk in a bit, but Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age said something uh, years ago that I always stuck with me. He's like, <clears throat> if you're making music, you have to be your biggest fan. Like if you don't make a song, oh, and it's all you listen yes. to for three days. He goes, you know, one's going to be your biggest fan. You have to like all your shit. Don't put out anything that you don't like. Yep. And I, you, the theme of down and smiley that I, I will talk about this on like another episode. Cause I've already taken an hour and a half of your time here. And if you need to take a break and use the bathroom after this, and we'll come back and uh, we'll 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 finish this up. But um, yeah, yeah. In uh, the theme is between Emily Cross, a fucking temple of Saturn, who I can't believe is on board. You, these are people that I've been following for either half a decade or a decade. I'm so humbled. I gave you guys 24 hours notice to go, Hey, here's the thing I is. Will you be on it? You, you said yes immediately. I was like humble. I was so nervous to ask you and I'm so honored that you're part of this and we'll, we'll, and I want to have you on regularly. I'm going to have it. Basically what I want this show to be is just, you know, all you on here as often as possible, but I know you're about to have a baby. I can't believe we're doing this before you have your first son. I love it. But, um, as, as long as you don't mind, uh, goo goo gaga and screw. Oh my God. I would love it. It's like, cool. we're, we're we'll, we'll hook him up our, with like a little, we'll give him like a little lav mic. Or yeah, we're in our thirties, <laughs> man. And I'm weird. Cause like that's, it's fucking up my love life. Cause I'm 37. I don't even have a divorce or under my belt or kids. I'm like, fuck, I gotta just have a quick, I was like, I gotta get a divorce under my belt or like, no one's going to fucking want to fuck me. Um, so that was, that was kind of the first, that was kind of the first thought, you know, as, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was not an unplanned, uh, pregnancy, you know, and, uh, I, I, I knew light years ahead of time that, you know, uh, she, she was the one, you know, and, and we both were, that was something in our lives that we, uh, were ready for, you know, and, um, 
you know, but then it becomes real, you know, the, the four or five positive tests and, you know, like the, the first thing that went through my head, you know, it was like, Oh man, this is going to be silly. <laughs> Dude, um, like, I, I, I hope they like music. <laughs> I, you have surpassed me in as a in your classiness and your i mean you were always class with me but it's you you i will never it, you'll always it's it's i'm sorry but it's gonna always it'll always be like it's a we have a friendship it's like a mentor it's it's kind of a baby brotherism for me because it's like i just remember yeah, sure. you just so I will, and like dude when your shit really went down like you reach out to me and um like I said, I was there and for all of your shit and I, Oh yeah. Right there. You were so close to not being here and mm. it's only, there's only so much you can do for someone who's suicidal. You can listen to them. You can talk to them for months and months and months. And ultimately though, everybody in your life that does this, it is their decision. And I know I'm very nonlinear and chaotic, but when, I called that one eight hundred two. We'll take a break in a sec. When I called one eight hundred two seven three talk, this is before like Logic did the song or whatever. <clears throat> I've had bad experiences with suicide hotlines. I had been so used to this. I grew up with a very mentally ill parent, and it's only gotten worse. I have one parent who like got sober and got their shit together, and I have one parent who just never took care of their shit, and it's just devolved into. I mean, it was always severe mental illness. This person has, from before I learned how to talk, been trying to kill themselves uh, in front of front of all, my entire family. And so when they had this attempt and it was very real um, and they were missing, I called this hotline and I was like, <clears throat> yeah, I've called every county and blah, blah, blah. And the person on the other end was like, you're being very matter of fact about this. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, I want you to know that your mother's life is her own. And that whatever her decision is, or whatever her decisions are, it has nothing to do with you. And I went, mm. I cried for a week, dude. Yeah, that's heavy. And it's the, that type of like honesty, you know? And it's like, I try, I pick up, I have my own perspective, but people have talked me off so many ledges. And, you know, and, and, we it's 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 a whole press there's a whole reason the flat like you're a flagship artist of down and smiley but emily cross and temple of saturn which used to be called sex death rebirth uh emily cross is uh death doula and i i know it's all subconscious shadow work stuff but there's a theme here but i am so fucking proud of you man because you did die you got to understand that you were having an allergic reaction to a bad situation. And you were, when you, the last two times I saw you in person, you were playing in Portland at the, the biggest venue. And that last time, um, and you know, I sat with you on your tour bus or whatever, that last time you were so eager to fucking see me. And it's hard for guys to talk about. People don't realize we're, we're not taught to talk about shit the way we do but even mm. when it is real we still there's a barrier you know it's hard to fucking tell somebody how you really like, man to man <clears throat> i'm literally talking yeah. about yeah men. i'm not talking about any other i'm talking about men it's impossible mm. for us to really talk to each other about our feelings and me and you always find a way but when it was really and i i could tell something was off and i had no idea but you just couldn't tell me and you were so and lost in it 
Yeah. yeah, I remember that night. It was it was all you know. I was deflecting, and you know, I was puffing my chest. Oh, you were yeah. in, you were in a you were in a situation I couldn't imagine. I've been on tour, man, but not like you, dude. You know, um, and I'm and you know, I can't really talk about it on mic. We could talk about it off air. I never told you, but like that night, you know, you left the room, and you know, something came in that was said. You know, and I remember telling you, you called me in the, after a month of this. You're like. Sorry, we can cut this, but it's real. You were no, like, I don't care. I don't know, man. She's in New York with this. Because I got to say, both of your exes were my fucking friend. Were my friend. Yeah, it I, complicates things. I, I, they were my fucking friend, man. And so the thing where I lost respect, you know, was... I was doing the same thing again. I was trying, I wasn't like necessarily like the same time before, but it's like, well, let's see all sides of the situation. Think dialectically or whatever. You're like, I don't know, man, she's yep. in New York with this guy. And you're like, I think she's cheating on me. I was like, I think she's a good girl. I don't, and you know, I think when we're going through these things, we can project or whatever. It's fucking literally exactly what happened. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. You knew, <laughs> and his, no, you, and you were, you were, and of course you're going to want to kill yourself because it makes you want to die. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to die? <laughs> like it's a type yeah. of death and it's abuse. It's really a kind of like that type, like that type of people don't real like uh, realize like how much psychological warfare is we know now, especially with the internet is present, but like, you know, when you're, I don't know. I, I just feel like, the victim abuser relationship people understand is a baton race it's a baton race between two people who who choose who's going to be the victim and who's going to be the abuser that day they're Mm. the same thing real victims are people who like your fucking family you you are you are trapped in a situation where you don't have the option you know with us none of us Mm. were fucking married you know, like, it's not like we had kids yeah. or like fucking thing. You had this legal fucking, you had this band and you believed in your, you worked so hard. So you were staying in this thing because you actually had contracts and shit, you know? Yeah. And oh, yeah. I was there with you at the precipice and I, I remember I told you this thing and I was just like, if you could see even a year from now, I, I promise you a year from now, you'll be happier than you've ever been. And I know a year from now, it wasn't exactly that, but you were a little happier. And the way you handled your shit that I didn't, and uh, when we take a break and come back, it's back to the talking to you, actually, not talking at you. Um, but <laughs> I just have wanted to say this stuff for so long. No, I, I appreciate it. I'm a sponge right now. You, the way you, I just, I'm really cagey and chaotic and I'm white trash. I rose like a phoenix from white trash. I'm come from white trash. You guys. I am fucking trash, and I'm embracing it. So like, I fight with your fans on your Instagram. I get in fights with fifteen year old kids on your. Anytime like you announce that you're having a baby, and these fucking parasitic. I know they're just hurt kids, and they're just taking their hurt, their shitty horror. I literally said this to a sixteen year old. I was like, I your life must be miserable. I like break people down because it's like, dude, you're announcing a fucking someone's. You know, and you're so you don't even look. <laughs> you're like eh? you're just living your life or whatever. The way you did that, and and uh, before this break is like, I was um, 
my midlife crisis was last year because like COVID or I'm sorry, not COVID. Well, COVID and getting canceled aged me like five or 10 years. I'm probably like, I, I see it in my face. It, it, oh, I got, I got gray hairs from it. No, I'm sure. coming in, but man, like, like I have had to live so in survival mode for so long. Like, I don't even know it's taken its hold, but I remember last year I really, I dipped out. I just had, I had to go back home and I had to go back to addiction. I had to go and I was dating this and stuff and like I was just going through this epic breakup and I drove to Wisconsin back I left early I drove 30 hours straight didn't sleep to like be with this oh my person God. and I'm sitting there and we're ha- we broke up we were breaking up for so long and I'm having this breakup with this person that I just met and you text me in the middle of it and I'm sitting on this couch on this porch where we met and we kissed and we loved and we bonded and they were a fan of your music. And it was actually like we were dating or whatever. And they went through my profile. They're like, no way. I like grew up on this stuff, you know? And then, um, they, they, that is another thing. You've had an impact on an entire generation. You created the e-girl, like I'm convinced, but it's either the (laughs) kids come from your, from your shit or Grimes or whatever. There's like, that's it. Anyways, uh, (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I'm unloading on you so much, but I'm sitting there no, devastated no. thinking my like, like, cause I, it, it, it sucks because we really were in love. And like when I was their age, when you can't handle it, you blow it up. And it really was two people that was the real thing, except one person wasn't ready. And I kept pushing it. And I was like, if I give up on this person, the way everybody gave up on me, I'm going to miss out on real love. And then, um, mm. I'm going through this horrible and you text me. After all you've lived through and been through, and you handled everything just by making art, and I just stopped making art. I stopped. I haven't made shit Ah, until 24 hours ago. I stopped for four years. The only thing me and you ever got by on since we were kids was making shit and putting it online, right? The difference, the reason that you... And like during, you'll do shit. Not only will you send me songs, you're like, hey, I made an entire documentary during COVID about myself. <laughs> you set up cameras and you, you're like, no one's around me to film me. I'm going to do it myself. Dude, you're prolific in everything you do and your output. Uh-huh. You inspire, the way like I think when I, when you, when I met you in LA that like I was just there a little bit before you that I was able to like do that. In the past four years, I am just so endlessly inspired. No, I wouldn't be alive right now without you. I, 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 I wouldn't be doing any of this. I can't believe it's been, we've never actually officially collaborated on something. This is kind of the yeah, first like time. It, it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, cool. I mean, we collaborated. You made songs for Harmontown. I would we'd be like, Hey, I would pay you a hundred dollars to make songs for that. I'm on fucking fire song on your band camp. It was like, our show started yeah. at 8 p.m. It was 6.30. I'm like, we're out of songs. Do you have one? And he's like, I'll make one. You made one in 45 minutes. And we've, it's one of the best songs I've ever... You sent it to me. Dude, that's another thing we're going to get into later on. Um, but you are the... Yeah. You're like a podcaster. Because I you I remember us trying to do a podcast with your first band at your place with your old Zoom. Yeah. Was it Ryan... Is it Wiener? Wiener. 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 Or is it Ryan Harmon? It was one of those guys around it. Both awesome. It was either Wayner or Harmon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're two legendary men. Oh my God. I want to have them both on. They're fucking epic. We should, oh, they, they totally, yeah, they totally We should would. just have a, cool. like powwow podcast with all the people we know where it's just me and you and we just get on like a Zoom call or actually get people in a fucking room at one point. But, anyways. Yeah, definitely. You, 
like musician, I was telling like musicians don't think like podcasters because musicians work really hard and they're precious about their stuff and then they show it to the world. Podcasters, it works really well for comedians because like me, we don't stop fucking talking and we, it's just like, <laughs> but I've always been that sort of, I grew up in like the DIY punk scene. It's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just put it out. People, you know, you're like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's how I grew up. Yeah, for sure. It's a Midwest. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, it's better than perfect. It's done. And I didn't and I keep. So before we take a break here in the bathroom and and come back and we're going to play a dope game and all that shit. I I know because two years ago, I I, I, my mental health was great (laughs) and it kept going back. And then I do good. And every time I do good, it lasts longer and it kept going back, kept going back. And it really was um, four years of Emily being so patient with me and then I mess in like years have gone by and we've been working on this podcast and this she's been working on this thing with me I haven't told us I didn't even I didn't even tell you until 24 hours 48 now but yeah I didn't even tell you what and you're like I tell you everything I just didn't I just wanted to make it perfect. Right. And so I, and then well, I, I knew, I knew you were cooking some. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I'm doing a label. I'm doing a label. I'm doing a label, but I just never shared with anybody like, yeah. the details of it. So, but, um, I go, I'm sitting there and I'm on, you know, I'm on this fucking couch in this breakup and you send me a text and you go, Hey, I have great news. I'm going to be a father. <laughs> You're going to be uncle, <laughs> uncle Dustin. You're responsible for teaching my kids music. And in the middle of this break, in the middle of all this stuff, I have never cried from happiness. I don't think I've oh, ever man. cried from happiness. Oh. I like, and I couldn't, it was from my gut. It interrupted all the drama and our last few days together were actually really nice and I'll cherish them. And mm. it just disrupt and you, mm bringing and it's because you you're bringing you you and you got to realize that you know everybody you're and i'm sure you see it now everybody since you were a fucking little kid that you were attracted to on tv or dated when you were 13 up has a little part of the person (laughs) that you love actually and it's all connected it's some some, you know it's bigger yes it is in the universe will break apart entire world entire cities just to make a life (laughs) so yeah like that's so cool the reason i the reason and I'm so grateful that you were so vulnerable with me at that fucking time. I had no, no, nothing else. I finally, I had nothing else to distraction, but this, and we were able to get through that, but really it was you that did it. Cause there's only so much you can say to somebody in that. And then it's there. So at one point I did, I remember getting off the phone and going like, fuck, like it's, it could go either way. And there's nothing that's like, I just, I'm not going to, push your pry. I'll, I'll check in. But I'm like, this could go either way. And it's cause you're at a point when it's like, it's up to the person, you know, it's a choice they make, you know? And my friend Brody, yeah. who is, he, how are you going to tell a 49 year old man? That's his choice. He made, you know, it breaks everybody. Cause for me, suicide, when it is a, when someone dies, I like to think like there is this invisible, like you're, if you're in like a stranger's thing, kind of black void or whatever, but you can't see the other person, you're kind of connected to everybody in your life by this like jump rope, this umbilical cord or whatever. And when, Mm. you know, when somebody dies and even, you know, you know, we don't talk all the time, but we think of each other. Like you're the best person in the world to just randomly be like, Hey, I was thinking of you. How are you? And it's like, I wish I was more like that, but you know, we're all (laughs) to each other, like with these, like, 
you, you send little pulses down, you know? And then when somebody dies, you send like a pulse down. You whip the, you know, when you hold on the two ends of a jump rope and you whip it and it goes down and the other person feels it on the other end? Yeah. You know, yeah. when someone dies, you do that one more time and, no, and nothing comes back. And I feel like oh, wow. with suicide, because yeah. I remember <clears throat> looking at my Twitter when Brody died and then texting his fucking phone like brody please tell me you're all right like calling it off the hook which i'm sure everybody's i remember like the how detached it is to be texting yeah <laughs> and i because i when you, someone commits suicide and i i you know you, you you send that whip down the other end it sends something back it sends something right. back and it makes you remember every single moment you spent with them it makes you think i mean what could i have done what, to everybody you've ever met you know and yeah yeah definitely. you before we take this break the testament to you and how i wish i would have handled my you're such a class act um no one deserves to have one of their most no, first of all like everyone my relationships are none of anybody's fucking business all right like it doesn't fucking <laughs> matter and i've had worse relationships than the one that you guys all know about like, way crazier dude you have no fucking idea the dark shit i get into but that's me that's my life and i love relationships and i love life but you i stopped working for four years up until 48 hours ago and i would not be doing this because you, you, you just, you just fucking took the loss, the grief, everything. You just, you used art. You expressed yourself through your fucking art. You just got to what you never stopped working. And that yeah. worked to taking you to Texas. That worked to getting you with your fucking true love. That worked to getting you your firstborn son. And that worked towards getting you your home and your dining room. And all of your, all of your accomplishments so far are Every all of you know, and all of your feelings back then were so valid, and I just fucking have never been more inspired by it. this. These past four years, I wouldn't be in. in it was you who was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta make a fucking you know lander and like publish your music or whatever. You are you. I was kind <clears throat> of this thing for you, and you have been that for me. And like, thank you. I w this wouldn't be talking to this microphone. I've never been more inspired by anybody in my life. Titanic Sinclair, I love you. I love you too, man. I, and I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm just observing. Um, I'm a boat in the ocean and I'm observing the waves. And sometimes a friend makes a wave. And uh, if I have any, any sort of understanding of how I've managed to not capsize, uh, I'm going to pass that forward, you know, and I think in, in general, you know, uh, when, when someone, when someone is hype, hyper creative and, you know, gifted, uh, gifted with the ability to, to create beautiful things. Um, I would hope that my, contribution more than anything outside of, you know, what I produce myself is to encourage and facilitate in, in some way or another, um, the people who make me happy with their creations, like, Hey, you know, make more of them. And so my, my response to that, obviously full gratitude. And, and I mean, it warms my heart. Like you wouldn't believe, like it, it really does mean a lot. Um, how do you and, and feel it, right now? Like, 
how does like <clears throat> I admire your you 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 do have a traditional for how like friend you are like how do you feel right now you you're like I'm you're even your like masculinity in this moment for what a sensitive artistic dude you are but like just sowing mm. your oats and sinking your fucking you know, and can you even trust anybody in podcasting that hasn't put cowboy boots or steel toes on in the past 10 years? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you're, I just, right. just want to announce that you're, well, you've been doing a podcast on your YouTube, but I mean, we're talking about you doing a, your own podcast here. Yeah, let's, let's get into that. Let, I have to pee um, really bad. Yeah, so we're going to pee. Let's, We've let's been going two up. hours. We're going to take a break. <laughs> we're going to listen to one of my favorite Titanic Sinclair songs called Broken Boy. We'll be back.
Moshimashi. Hey, man. Uh, like, this is going to be up. I know I'm going to be making some edits, and I know it's really hard to, like, hear things about yourself that you never heard, like, whatever. Um, I, I hope it wasn't too much. Uh, oh, no, dude. I'm I'm all for it. Like, this is... It's... it's, it's I, I'm... I, I love this. This is this I know, is like I, I, like I, I knew that I knew that you and your <clears throat> format was something that I'm 100 percent comfortable with. So. Yeah, like the uh, the uh, tagline of my podcast is art and mental health, but all of our episodes, like from here on out, like are just gonna you know just be us actually just you know fluidly talking. But I knew that I didn't think it would take an hour. I really appreciate you doing this, but um, I just knew that I wanted to just because I'm the only person with this perspective. I, I I mean, there's so much more I could have said, but like I just wanted to give this side of like this of you <laughs> and so that's just why i went off but oh no i i i appreciate it like now it's <clears throat> as as you were talking like in the back of my head the little voice was like fuck i wish i could put it this way <laughs> no no you, you, you know, it's it's fucking years of mental illness breakdowns uh, uh do you want to do you want to sync audio for post real quick want me to clap yeah i'm rolling such a professional. Okay, yeah. Clap. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. And then I'll do one closer to the mic. Three, two, one. All right, so you should have a peak. Although I do have a compressor on here. Oh, man. Uh, Such a professional. So it's... <laughs> I'm, I'm including that when we come back from the break. All right, Titanic and Clap. Okay, cool. I drove you. I, I drug you. I drove you? I, drug, I dragged you? I dragged you through... I've been dragged. <laughs> I've been, you've been dragged through Dustin Martian, a post podcast established 2020. This is a show, people. And the tagline is art and mental health for misfits. Um, and so we do get into real shit in here, but there is only one segment I've ever come up with the show. All of the people who listen to the first uh, 15 episodes that are now behind a paywall uh, on Patreon, if you want to listen to me podcast from a car in Portland in the year 2020 during wild times, <laughs> literally during the riots and in my car podcasting, you hear me cry a bunch and shit. If you want to hear that, go to <laughs> patreon.com slash Dustin Martian. But I'm pivoting that to... So this Titanic, I'm really proud, is going to be actually... Like, there's uh, the first episode of... The first episode people will get for the show. Because I used to do every other behind a paywall. It's all going to be out there now. So this is actually going to be the f technically first episode of my, of my show. So thank you very much. And uh, the other thing was me going through it. And we came up with one segment uh, for the show. And uh, so... I want you to know that, like, th during these four years, though, well, you know, you were making all this incredible art and a family and a home and a baby, blah, blah, blah. I've been working <clears throat> meticulously on a very sophisticated piece <laughs> of equipment, okay? I'm ready uh, for it. This is, there's, this is maybe like 100 years ahead of its time. What I'm holding in my hands is a very serious uh, uh, device that I have created. And it is, uh, we, it is what we call random question generator. Ooh. Random question generator. Ooh. Random question generator is what I have here in this machine that I hand built. <clears throat> State of the art is over 5,000 questions. And they range from, stu uh, they're just questions to provoke conversation thought and they range from stupid like parlor game party favorite questions to 
deep philosophical questions to such deep philosophical questions that are unanswerable, right? <clears throat> and so I am now going to push this button. It is going to randomly spit out a question for Titanic Sinclair, brilliant musician, producer, friend, <laughs> director, soon to be father. And let's see what mm. the first question is. Wow, perfect. Titanic Sinclair, mm. if you had the opportunity to get a message across to a large group of people, what would your message be? Let's say that again. If you had the opportunity to get a message across to a large group of people, what would your message be? Love is all you need. Great answer. Random question generated. <laughs> All right, here we go. I mean that. I know you do. You've, you're the biggest lover I know. It's so funny. Like, I, we're both edgelords, and like, especially on because we're so used to fucking trolls and haters, like, infending them off. But like, you're the most like loving, sweet. Or that's why it's so funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a, a random question generator where are we and okay generator titanic sinclair to what degree well these are random questions (laughs) 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 it's like on your case right now to what degree have you actually controlled the course your life has taken uh, oh wow Titanic that Sinclair To what phenomenal. degree Have you actually Controlled The course That your life Has taken huh, Well contr- Controlled Is a very interesting Word there Um Hmm Me personally uh, None I think I'm just looking at what is thrown at me and figuring out like, well, this is happening. So how do I do this? And what's the smartest way to do this? And, uh, going forward and, um, nine times out of 10, it's, uh, art. Great answer. Random question generator. You know, like uh, when you're, have you ever played D and I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. well, I mean, it's the best source of the twenty sided die is amazing because it's like the best. There's like you know math behind it, but it's like the the, the most. Uh, 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 even way for like random outcomes. You're you're like rolling twenties right now. This is crazy. Um, random, oh really? Yeah. Usually some of them are really stupid. <laughs> so that's the. Oh, right, it's supposed cool. to be a mix, but you're getting the real thing. All right. Random <laughs> question generator. Wow. Uh, Titanic Sinclair. You're very much a futurist. You very much look ahead. And Random Question Generator has randomly asked you this question. Will cryptocurrencies become a common form of currency of the future or in the future? Will cryptocurrencies become a common form of currency in the future? Uh, well, I don't, I don't want to downplay this by getting into semantics. Um, 
so the the first the, the first my, my gut immediately says you know define uh, how was that phrase again what was the question one more time sorry it's basically saying do you think cryptocurrency is going to actually be used in the common future? yeah like commonly it's going to is it going to be like an actual thing that is it going to replace money i think is what it's asking Okay. Okay. So, and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, the, the word common, that's the one that kind of gets me activated where it's like, well, to me, it's already common, but I understand that that, that's a very, uh, it's, it's, it's a very, I, I think personal thing. Like if you're, if you're familiar with the whole crypto thing, I mean, I've, I, okay. I've been doing this gonna, for, gonna, from the beginning. I know. So to me, like, it's like... Uh, every time I've bought it, it's right when it crashes. But I was dating <laughs> a Zoomer, a Zoomer, who actually like had a really like way better high school education. Like I dated a Zoomer last year, which is great, because they had a lot of hot takes about their own generation or whatever. But they had been, since they were 16, buying fucking Bitcoin. And when they were out of work, they paid for, like, a bunch of rent with Bitcoin. They had made, like, they had saved up, like, five grand or something with Bitcoin. And I was like, what the fuck? They were really smart. Um, every- oh, well, f- f- funnily enough, you know, when when we were talking earlier about um, the first time you came over to my Hollywood apartment, mm-hmm. one of those months in that region, I sold this would have been 20, probably 2012, probably 10 years ago, one month's worth of rent, uh, in Bitcoin, uh, which now would probably be worth, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> the fucking thing, dude. I, I never get it. I, I knew about this shit for years and years and years, you know, and it's like, I, what I loved about the whole stonks or the, like the stocks thing of like, what was it? The GME thing. Dude, that was amazing. Yeah. I, the world is so topsy-turvy. Like, all of these, like, Twitch streaming gamer guys are going to become what the yuppie guys were in the 80s. And they're going to be the new Wall Street. Like, there's going to be a new kind of... But it's going to be so... And, like, they altered the fucking stock market and there is this really cool kid during that time who has like pretty much almost a 24-hour stream when he's not sleeping and he's bringing shit up in his he's super autistic but he's like explaining stocks Mm. and and it was like i was i would binge it at work during that time i'm like dude this is and it was so cool it was also like right after fucking trump because it was like for years it was like you anytime anything happened uh you could that you couldn't fucking uh it would just go away in a day. It'd be something new. But like, I guess the first one was that, that, that Bernie meme with the mittens on, like they talked about it for like a month Yeah, and people are like on Twitter, like desperately, like, why are we still talking about this? Will Smith dude, dude, it happened last night. The Will Smith hitting Chris Rock thing. Like that is amazing. Like that is when you look at this decade, that is like mm. pop culture. There's so few moments in pop culture history. People have forgotten about pop culture. You are a person that really deeply cares about and understands pop culture. I've always known you to d- you fucking really pay attention. Yeah, yeah. That's well. I, that, that's why this question from the random question generator. Uh, you can cue the sound there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wait, what? Th- th- what? Wait, say that. <laughs> Random question generator. There, yeah, you have to hang perfect. Now it's there. It is is. generator. (laughs) No, that's 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 why that's why it's so um, 
that's why it's so interesting because there, there's two words in there. And as a bit of a wordsmith myself, I, I, I think a lot about, you know, the intent of words and things like that. And two words in there, uh, you know, currency is, is a big one. So, you know, being current, but also, um, you know, having, having, having cryptocurrency be, uh, like a relevant thing or, or something that, that is, uh, a day-to-day thing for the average civilian, not to be, not to use that term, um, no, no, in a negative like, concept. Most, no, when you, when I drove from Portland to Wisconsin and back last year, when you leave three miles outside of Portland, it's just, you, when you guys go on Netflix and you look at the top movies, why do you think the top 10 is like boss baby two and minions and which minions is this horrible parody. When I went to the universal studios minions ride, I was in line. And as I, I'm a populist, I guess you, I, I I consider myself a moderate, but you probably put me on the left. I only care about class issues. I only care about class issues. I think we're Mm. fucking all wage slaves. I think, uh, this sort of like serfdom never left. I think when John Lennon said, you're all fucking peasants, as far as I can see in a working class hero mm. is right I only care about class shit and when I went to Universal Studios if you wait in line for their minions ride <clears throat> and those minions dude think about it they're all the exact same except they're then they're all just useless disposable workers except they all just have their own little quirk that makes them a little different from one another this one's got chin hairs this one's fucking retarded or whatever right. this one's got a hammer it's like and when you go yeah. in there our giant 20 foot tall like Nazi propaganda or communist propaganda uh or it's more like communist or it's like it's like fascistic it's minions and they're portrayed in this thing like working every day is the way to go consume consume it's making fun of all these people in a really Hollywood bit this deep dark way um, and I was in that line with like, and there's like a family with like five kids in front of me and they've all got giant plastic minions cups and they're giving it to their kids. You know, you, shit, the shit you buy at Universal Studios that has, there's talk about BPAs and paint chips coming off. Like, oh boy, dude, yeah. and you drink out plastic straw, plastic thing that was made in China. that was just probably painted a week ago. And it's like, um, but yeah, most people, I hate to break it to you, aren't fucking hipsters, you guys. They don't, music to them is background noise. They don't like, are they just are working class people? There's, it's true. Like wallpaper. Yeah. We got, we don't got to pretend that there aren't, you know, like just nor like they're not even normies. They're just like, it's idiocracy, dude. It's fucking. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Judge, judge nailed it on the head. I showed idiocracy to my my zoomer girlfriend last year and it was so fun showing a zoo i showed her like wayne's world one and two it's so fun showing a zoomer shit that is it's like have no idea oh that's incredible they're yeah. what them watching idiocracy is amazing and they're the, they pointed out something that i never noticed before towards the end of the movie when they're they're talking about and i, I might butcher it but um you know it kind of interjects and it's like because of this whatever and they're talking about they break away 
when they're figuring out that they they are watering everything with like Gatorade instead of water, and what Brando, ha- yeah, and what happens is what <laughs> Brando is what's tra- actually tried to happen multiple times is that a soda co- like a soda like big corporation privatizes water, and then gets bought out by this, gets bought out by this, gets bought out by this, and eventually Ooh. the corporation on top of the food chain who buys and they point it out, they're like that is gonna happen, it's Nestle, dude. I know, dude. You know, I don't buy arrowhead i've ever since this happened since like 2006 never buy arrowhead water if you go to the gas station well it's it's regional down here i believe it's ozark oh they change it up and then yeah yeah so they have like five or six different um there's an infographic actually that um is really helpful for this but yeah you're you're completely correct it's Nestle. Uh, they tried to privatize water Years ago, yeah. they, they no, they successfully did it. <laughs> did they? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They have a corner on the water market like you wouldn't believe. Oh my god, and dude, it's you, so dark. Our bodies are made yeah, up of bad. water, you guys. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's yeah, worse it's, than it's, you know. The, and the thing about like, oh, by the way, like I usually I, I let random question generate you know, pop up a few. It's supposed to like spark a shit, shit between us and make us go off the rails of like me being emo or whatever. Um, but, uh, <laughs> like we, you know, I think Zizek says like in order to really have like a big brother or whatever, like it would take 50% of the population spying on the other 50%. And so I'm not, and so yes, our phones, even when they're turned off are not only listening to us, they're looking at us. Cause the other day, like I was brushing my teeth, maybe the sound of it or whatever. And it just starts advertising me tooth shit. And it's like, fuck, but I would rather have oh, a, a mindless AI handling all my day. It's just trying to sell us shit at this point, which, yeah, that's, is, that's the whole, you know, look at, look at Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, all of it, you know, it's, it's a ad platform. It is. And it's, it's it's and it's just trying to sell shit, you guys, and it's only interested in selling a shit. So when all of you guys, the herd, not only the normies, all of you liberal free thinkers or whatever, start talking about World War, it's World War Three, end of the world, they're gonna just start feeding a shit like gas masks. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's <laughs> guys, gonna monetize that. <laughs> it's gonna monetize your fucking fear. It's not gonna sell you yeah. rainbows and happiness and joy anymore. It's gonna just start fucking. Re- it, Here, whatever. buy this flag. Oh my god! It's like, <laughs> Dude, you are one of the fucking. This is why I'm so, um okay. I am honored that Illuminati Island is on my fucking label because you, I love uh, all yeah. of your shit. You, let's go. This is you fucking talk about for ten years. This guy goes. Hey, go. I just made a I made a song. Let's check it out. It's the best thing I've ever done. You didn't even do that. You're like, hey, I taught myself Unreal Engine. You sent me this 10-second <laughs> clip. You're like, I taught myself Unreal Engine. Check it out. Yeah. And it's you built a world, and it's just a banana <laughs> spinning. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is amazing. You in like how many, <laughs> was it a week, two weeks? How long did it take you to pick that up? Uh, well, it was, it, you know, it was it, full disclosure. It was about a month of watching YouTube <laughs> <A> tutorials, <laughs> but, Oh my God, dude, I, I had to, I had to get a graphics card fast enough, you know, Every, everyone's, you know, trying to get these RTX cards and I was, I was able to, to, uh, 
to get a really, really nice ray tracing card, um, that could, could handle, you know, so the people, the people, a lot of the people who are, you know, trying to get these cards, it's because of, uh, well, the last, uh, the last question because of Bitcoin mining and Ethereum mining and all those things, uh, because it can, it can solve equations much faster than a lot of other, uh, GPUs. And, uh, but, but, but for people like, like me who want to make art, um, we kind of get the short end of the stick because I, I just, I, I need a, a processor, uh, that fast so I can render things out and not, uh, if a mistake is made in the rendering process, I don't lose a whole day. Dude. Right? Um, I'm very grateful to say they're my friend, but one of my biggest inspirations is life, Liam Lynch, just absolute prolific. Oh, what am I, what am I into? I I put him up there with, with Tom Green for sure. I, you know, as far as like being prolific, I've been, no, the most, I, there is no, like he did the first podcast guys. It was called Lynchland is a video podcast where he cloned a cat and stuff. And, and so he's so ahead of his time, but like when it came to LA, he's he's such a recluse. I made friends with him and we're still, you know, my biggest sin is the right the month before Farrell ended, he finally pitched me the most amazing fucking podcast and show. And um, this oh, wow. sort of is like, you know, I, 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 I just I want to wait until because down in Smiley, you guys, I it's I I only one person and it's meant to be an alien life form. You guys, this is fucking this is art house. This is fucking art shit. This is not comedy anymore. This is like, I've had four years to be like, and it's coming. It's so crazy. Like when you dream of all these people and you're asking them, it's the, it's the artists that make this. This is how it was. Like I can come up like what I'm good at. What I excel at is making like a platform and a reason to make stuff. Right. Like I think, and that's what a good, and you're a producer too. And you do this too. Um, it's like, who do we know? What do we have? How do we get it done? When's the deadline? That's what, how a producer is creative. Right. And you, yeah, you, yeah. you, you do that. The three questions right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's how I am creative. But like, I also, and you're the same way. I have a little star in the Christmas tree where it's like, I have, or it's like, I have an ultimate like idea but it actually doesn't have any color shape form or whatever until the artists are involved and it it, and it it takes a part of their work and it builds the whole thing so in 24 hours i can't believe down and smiley exists dude i can't believe it's online it just took one my one partner going like i'm just not optimistic it's ever gonna happen and i was like fucking it's done by this weekend and everybody on here at launch and in the next week, if they do say yes, has is a, is literally not only something I've dreamt about and I've dreamt about in my sleep. So, um, Titanic Sinclair is a flagship artist of this, but like Illuminati fucking island. So Liam Lynch has been he you know I don't he doesn't he's been so into since the United States or whatever or whatever he just has he has a whole home studio he just makes he barely sleeps and just makes music and video and these things like he's this like star in them he also makes tons of videos for like Queens of Stone Age and he was a death yeah for, 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 for people for people who are not acquainted with him uh yeah yeah you're 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 pretty much singing the praises of people who don't know him at least have seen his work Drinking from cups, you guys. Drinking from cups. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I hung out with Dan Dan Deacon. Deacon. I hung out with... Oh, dude, can I tell you a crazy Dan Deacon story? 
Oh, please. Um, I've I've never met him, but he seems amazing. Dude, I met him twice. And the first time I met him is, uh, so Harmontown was doing the Tenacious D Festival Supreme in Los Angeles in like 2013. Mm. And so I had to go up for set up for Harmontown, but I went there the night before and they're like, will you just come and help with sound in general? I'm like, I would love to. And so I get there at 10 a.m. and there's just like kind of crew people and it's me. And I had gone to a few Dan Deacon shows in, in Madison and in, in LA. He's. I've heard nothing but good things. Baff. It's he. Have you never seen him live? No, never. Dude, he makes the audience do shit. He made us in Madison in yeah. the middle of winter. This is what I've, I, yeah, I've, I've heard. I haven't heard this story, but I've heard similar. We he uh, made everybody participation in the thing. room for 20 minutes. Hold hands. Two people grab a stranger's hands and put him up like a triangle. <laughs> Start from the stage. We went out the front door of the venue, around the block, and back into the upstairs. And as soon as you're done, the person at the very end runs through, and then he builds like the sound. Uh, and then as soon as oh, everybody's man. done, he lets it just the beat kick back, awesome. and it's like and so and like the time I saw him, he does this a lot, but like. 10,000 people in LA at a festival he made them split sides and then have uh, two people from each side have a dance competition to represent their side it's he's he, <laughs> he makes you do shit but no him as an electronic yeah, this that's is cool <clears throat> this is one of the greatest electronic uh, musicians of all time so yeah if, if you're listening and you've never experienced it I would say drinking out of cups for sure is a starting point and then yeah just get into oh god just <sighs> No, I mean, this v- is why Spotify v- is great. You can Spotify is great. <laughs> it's fucking the, all of a yeah, sudden it, they amazing. bought and forged their way. And you, you also, I was the most anti Spotify person. I turned down a million dollars for them in 2014. They came to me before they even were into podcasts and were like, "Will you put all of Feral Audio shows?" And I said, "No." And no one knew where it was going to go at that point. Though. No, and I was but like, "You guys aren't artist friendly enough." And then I guess somebody, from, yeah. I, I had a partner at that time, and he didn't tell them. And so I went on Twitter, and somebody asked, "Why aren't you guys on Spotify?" And I was like. Like, you know, I turned them down and I had one of the, like the CEOs, not the head guy at the time, but they emailed me a screenshot of my tweet and they were like, will you please tell us why? I was like, Oh, Jesus Christ, get off my Twitter. (laughs) So they have in the past like year and a half, especially in podcasting, they just bought and forged. They are you, you X helped me understand this are the greatest fucking tool for independent art sucks. If you're a label, or maybe you're used to making millions of dollars, but dude, it's Uber yeah, oopsie. for audio. It's Uber <laughs> for audio, and I've been saying this in the yeah. podcast, and it's actually oh, that's a that's that's a beautiful way of saying it's it. gig economy. I've been saying this, and you were actually the one who said yeah. it to me. You're like, you don't understand. Spotify is in every country in the world. There's no other platform, not even Uber. Like when you think of Netflix, each country can't even watch shows. It's like you can't get all, every show in every country. And Spotify is worldwide in every language. That's what you Yeah, you they don't me. they don't have the uh the capital G <laughs> uh stopping things. No. You know. And, and um, Google I get it like yeah, like it's all good, you know. They own YouTube, cool. But uh we're at a very interesting point I think with uh broadcasting in general where uh I I I think it's I, I think it's really smart to utilize the platform and i think they do have the best system you know i'm moving i'm moving my whole titanic talks thing to spotify because you don't have to keep it open on your phone 
No. Yeah. I, 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 except for Red Scare, which it, uh, is through Patreon. I, I use the number one best way to listen to podcasts that aren't Spotify is Overcast, best app for podcasts. Um, but I, I listen to Spotify, dude. And I, Spotify for over 12 years has been the best app on my phone. And I yell in the episode that I, that I deleted, I, I started yelling into the microphone about this. And so I will repeat myself. You were all telling on yourself when you, it's like, you shit on Spotify. First of all, you don't shit on Apple, which is inarguably probably way worse and has put up more like gatekeeping and stopped artists, stole <clears throat> stole MP3s from, you know, it was actually Momus on his website who invented selling an MP3 for 99 cents. But, um, and have slowly raised the price of what an MP3, co- MP3s, you guys are shit files, by the way. The reason we can move oh, them God, so fast don't get me started on is that. because they remove frequencies that, quote, the human ear can't hear, but they also remove a bunch of, like, you listen to podcasts because it's fine to hear a human voice. Like, this will be an MP3, like, because it's so expensive to host shit. And I'm, I'm a very nonlinear thinker, as you guys know, so I'm going to go back to the, the Liam Lynch thing after this and the Dan Deacon story, don't worry. <laughs> but, um, the Spotify thing is you all telling yourselves that you don't buy fucking records because Spotify is just one way to listen to music. You guys, you're all telling you on yourselves that you're only using Spotify, dude. And there's, you guys tweet all day. Twitter doesn't fucking pay you your thoughts and your writing and your ideas and your soul. Dude, what pays you, right? Spotify. Everybody on there, by the way, elects to be on there. They don't put anybody on there that doesn't elect to be on there. Spotify. YouTube. And which I want to I ask you about YouTube in a second. Or, and TikTok pays because now that yeah, I'm a yeah. published musician, every time that uh, those songs are used in your TikTok, so please use Titanic Sinclair and Dustin Martian songs in your TikToks if you're, any of you are good at TikTok. Uh, we get paid like as much as Spotify pays. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it's actually it's a, it's a really good system for artists, and, especially and, if you're not on a label. And I'll I'll put a, essentially these two things so we can get them over with. But like, so when Liam Lynch, when you were making Illuminati Island, he's a fucking incredible person, the most prolific independent artist of all time. But he make he he says that his and he has like, I don't know, he spends like half a year making episodes of Lynchland and all that CGI stuff. But he says it chomps. You have oh no idea God. how much rendering video just eats hard drives. He says he has like yeah. this entire graveyard of hard drives. Like when, cause I yeah, am yeah. so lucky that I, well, one of the reasons, well, audio just really resonates with me, but the only reason I was able to do, you know, feral audio like podcasts of that is slinging cheap mp3s you guys <laughs> shitty little di i can i thought of them as shitty diy punk cassette tapes or seven inches that weren't mastered that entire time i was thinking about it like i'm just slinging diy shit and i don't dude i was spending so much time i for the first five years of feral audio i have on drives full lossless wave fully mastered because i thought that fiber optic cable was going to be laid and that podcasts that I thought my competitors podcasts would all be in high definition. And I wanted to be ahead of dude Titanic. I would have seen you so much more in LA. I would have slept so much more. I would have gotten so much more done. I was sitting there rendering wave files more than I was doing anything. And they're no, never going to do. I'll never do it again. 
um, so MP3s are for podcasting, but so then um, Liam Lynch, you know, makes this uh, famous video f- uh, for Dan Deacon as a fan. He just found this like because Dan Deacon on one of his records is this prank phone call, and so I go to Festival Supreme, and it's like a Saturday at ten in the morning, and. Um, Dan Deacon is doing uh, sound check and he's performing and I've seen him a bunch of live before and I've listened to his records and I really like him. Oh, is that what it is? Is a sound check? You sound check at 10 in the morning and I watch him, but he goes, no. he goes, I'm going to premiere a new song tonight. Will you just sit in exactly, he, he, he picked out the exact seat. He goes center. He, you know, he understands audio so well because we sit in this seat center, this many feedback while I play this song. And I, I don't know if I'm the first person who ever heard it, but the song that he was premiering that night is When I Was Done Dying, <laughs> which is like the number one song on his Spotify. It's like the one, like, it's like his fuck. it's an amazing song, right? And I'm sitting in an audience. He's doing a fucking show just for me. And at 10 in the morning, full, as loud as can be. And I go and I look at this guy's setup. He is such a DIY synthesizer genius. So his rig is like, this is the only way I can explain it. He's got basically his thing is full of synthesizers and mixers and all this shit. So there's like, it's almost like a three party system. So let's think of it as one, two, and three. So on one, he has all these synths and pedals going and he's playing a song that you're hearing. And while he's mixing and changing parameters and EQing, he is, without hearing it, without hearing it at all, setting up station two and pre- like pressing and predicting. And then it's like a DJ. He flips the station two. And now what you're hearing is this new piece of music and song that he built while playing other music that he hasn't heard. And, and while he, oh, wow. and then if he gets an idea, he's when he's doing one and he's doing two and he's like, Oh, I want a new, he starts doing three at the same time. It's cause a mastermind. And then, um, so I was at a wow. house party later and he was there and I walked up to him and I was just like, yeah, you know, I, I, I did this every I'm friends with Liam Lynch. He goes, yeah, I actually never met him. I was like, what? They've Whoa. actually never met. Yeah. Drinking out of cups. He, it was just Liam being such a fan. And it's like one of the biggest oh, YouTube videos so cool. of all time. And I, so I wanted to talk oh, to yeah, you too. Classic. You have worked, I, when I went and God, I was at the first poppy live show and you i was honored to be in the fucking video of yours finally but like you before you long worked for them have mastered like well first of all i don't know if you have you ever talked about how you just like built your whole thing on just trolling um i I briefly talked about it on the titanic talks youtube channel which i'm bringing to spotify but I, I never really went in depth. What, what, what part of it are you intrigued about? I, I, because when I was over, when I first got your LA apartment, you showed me, cause I, I, you were like, no dude, I use it all the time to promote my shit. And you went on there with this like <laughs> chip, like leave it to beaver attitude. And you're like, hi everybody. <laughs> Here's a video of me and my girlfriend. I hope you enjoy it. We make music. We're called. And it was just like 20 things of like, I'm going to rape her and kill her and beat your face in faggot or whatever. And then you were just like, yeah, yeah. but did you like the video? <laughs> you yeah, figured out yeah. that hate views or, or aggressive views, listeners. I mean, maybe you know that they're actually like potential. <laughs> like you understand that 
it's because I think I'm really bad at this. And I think I use, I, especially when I was in LA, I was too left for everybody. Like they're actually a, it's a pretty right wing town when you get because of the money town. And yeah, town. very, very. Oh, it's not a yeah, liberal town at super all. Super conservative. Dude. All fake. All in the service. Oh, they'll fucking like ruin one of their peers' lives, you know. But they'll like, and then you're because you're a, a Trump supporter. But the fu- everybody who pays them and gives them job, who actually runs Hollywood, who lives in the hills, who is an actual Republican and Trump voter, they'll won't say shit about, and they'll gladly take their money because they pay them. It's the oh yeah. If I, if I had a, if I had a list of every person who on you know any social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, blah blah blah. Uh, talking about, you know, civil rights and any sort of like social movement, like, Hey dude, they all have like a ton of guns and are super right wing. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) You have, Oh my God. All of them, all of them, all of them, all of them. Yeah, man. And, uh, and I just cause before I was me too, (laughs) dude, I was gamer gated and this is a, I'm going to write a book someday. Cause I've, I've, I tell, I have crazy fucking stories. (laughs) I have so many crazy, I've lived a crazy life and that some point after I survived suicide or whatever I got this I was like in order to stay alive I I have to develop this morbid curiosity and I was like I just I'm in it for the stories now (laughs) like these are just fucking this is like and after you public humiliated I, I it's a problem I don't feel shame anymore I really don't <laughs> I just yeah it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing you know like I, I I've had I've had like legitimate Disney stars point guns at me like on ecstasy and cocaine <laughs> <laughs> like laughing laughing hysterically like cute little girls you know and they're like you never seen a gun this big, have you? And I'm just like, holy fuck! Yeah, because they're all from the south. All Britney's yeah, they're all from the south. They're all from Florida. You know, the south. it's you know, it's uh, I don't want to be that guy who's just you know going off on things that people in the know know. But also, it's it's funny because I I just assumed like very you know very naively. I assume that people could see through like the varnish of like the Hollywood thing. And then after, you know, being, uh, put through the ringer myself and then being like, Oh wow. Like, Oh, you, you actually believe this. Like how, how do I like, I remember one of the first things I thought like going through like all of the chaos of, of the whole cancel culture thing. It was like, Oh my God, I wish I had a bridge to sell. (laughs) 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 Like, holy shit. Like, Oh man. Okay. Like, Oh, so you, you believed it. I think this, this pertains to you, but I think what's really dark and what my, you know, jilted lover, we were both drug addicts and, you know, I spared them a lot by, and my, I was so mentally ill. You guys, I was like, I was kicking drugs before that ever happened. I I was the most mentally ill ever. I was broken when I, when like days before Christmas, I had broken my foot on tour. I had double tinnitus. I had uh, hemorrhoid stomach ulcers. I would work myself to death for seven years. I had just gotten this place that I liked my ship. I barely had anything in it. I had just moved on my own. I, I had a broken foot from tour or whatever. And this happened to me like four days before Christmas. I'm BPD and bipolar. I, I had an addict and I was three months off drugs by my own volition. And, um, 
I have the world. I was in the I was in the news for forty eight hours, and there was no delineation because I was emotionally abusive. That's what I was accused of, and none of my friends, like anybody that tried to go, like, well, nobody spoke up for me, dude. I mean, to this day, anybody, any one of my friends could speak up for me, and it would be, be help. Everybody behind closed doors, you know, is but the people who I who of talk, course, yeah. people in L A, dude. You know, because you know who has your back when shit really gets down, or um, really goes down. Your actual family, and some of your, best, but all these people yeah, in LA who yeah, are like, true. "We're family, we're family." Were the first people to drop me, and you know who fucking the worst people? All your ass kissers, all your interns, will employ all the people who kiss your ass and your most are the first people to turn on you, my friends. They will fucking turn yeah. on you. The people who kiss your ass, and I was yeah, the so, agents, the managers, all all that, and. I had reached this point in LA where I was super outspoken about everything. I was just, you know, and it sucks because I feel what I love about down and smiling and I getting canceled is that there's a blessing that me, people like me and you have that nobody else. Knows. We know who our real friends are. And oh, I, yeah. I have oh, been yeah. painfully having to have, I have like, when I meet somebody that I'm attracted to or a new friend or a new business opportunity, I have to have this fucking conversation with them. It's not only, it's not only preventing me from jobs, like, like how I, you guys, I couldn't get a fucking apartment because everybody in your mom Googles you. I to just basically low key two people in a row low key get in their house because I couldn't get a fucking place to live and it was in the dark fucking truth is that I found out whatever is that it was designed to drive me to suicide I'm not even yeah, joking. Uh, it was yeah, no, you're, not, you're not off at all no it was yeah. designed for me as a suicidal openly about my mental health it was supposed to be to, for me to kill myself which is really dark well, I, I, <laughs> it's the I, truth dude, dude dude no it's uh, i i remember you know when when the wave was high and you know i was on the crest of it um the people around me when whenever we had someone who was quote unquote uh problematic you know it was always like well the sentiment from all the other people were like, oh, yeah, they're, they're probably just going to kill themselves. It's dark. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and yeah. We, we should we should pivot so we don't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, 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 we can cut that out. But I, I, for five and a half years, you guys, I was in a vacuum in a bubble. I'm watching comedy shows from that time period. I'm watch, I, I did nothing but feral audio. For, I, I ran it by myself from editing, audio recording, meaning mastering, the social media, whatever. I was like so stretched then and we finally like found the least sharkiest person who's dead now apparently to come in and I made him my CEO and like mm. whatever and figure it out. But, um, I had reached this level in LA just because the, you know, the people that I worked with and like me, I was just being very fucking genuine and I've become at now what they wished I was back then. Like self-preservation to me is king and like i like i won't let anybody fuck with me or fuck with my money anymore and be, i was i would let anybody in like with my my shit now it's like no dude i'm like i gotta feel you out before i would let anybody in and talk about problematic people i i always was like i don't have to like you as a and this is kind of what makes me maybe part of a sociopath is i only like you if i think you have integrity or i think your art is good there's so many sweet people that I like and their art sucks and I hate them because <laughs> I think you have no taste. Yeah. I'm not a good person like that. But anyways, 
it's because <laughs> when when we brought the like when we couldn't do an art collective anymore i i broke myself out of pocket and there everybody's like dude this is worth millions or whatever you got you got you got to budge on some things and i wouldn't i had this like dream and vision they were like look at your network and it has the most women of any any pod i had this meeting i was sat down and they showed me my 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 thing that i built on a fucking screen and they go Boom, 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 boom. You're 60% women. Like, blah, blah, blah. That is just, I did, it was, that is just how I am. You know, all of any male friends that I have, present company included, are just sensitive, artistic guys. I, yeah, I grew up in a house of women. I have, it's fucking, I, do, I, yeah. I don't like sport. I, 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 like, the reason this was able to happen to me is because I did, I was known outside of my, I, I was known as quote an ally. I was give. I never identified this. I was. I gave, and it's true. I'm going to say this on air right now because it's true, and nobody really knows about it because I got to write this book someday. Feral Audio, you guys, when it became number one in the world, was the number one independent broadcaster in of all time. When it was number one. It reached more people on the globe. The only things that uh, could compare to it were live events like the Super Bowl and the Oscars. And the only tech company, because, you know, it's a tech company, essentially, is the home screen of Netflix. (laughs) Is like, if Netflix decided to, like, go, I'm talking about, like, at one point, a billion people in the world's attention, hearing this man's name at the top every time, or I'm sorry, voice at the top, uh, the feral audience. Yeah. <laughs> but so, like, that's how nobody realizes like how big it got, and I was going insane because it was becoming, and I just checked out and I just was doing my own thing while I just. No, I, I, I remember it was it was a really crazy time. Like you, obviously, you know you went full blown into work mode. Yeah. And I, I always, I, I respected it. It was like, dude, yeah. And with all the touring started happening and, and all that stuff, like there's, there's so many parallels in our lives, like, which ultimately I, I would argue became, you know, probably as far as productivity is concerned, like a, a distraction. Yeah. And, um, and, and, but, but the life experiences from that, you know, we definitely, I think, probably uh i I think it probably ended up influencing more art and creativity hopefully and that 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 was always my thing on the road i I don't know if you feel the same way but whenever i was away i don't want to put words in your mouth so this is for you but when i'm in the studio that's when i'm the most comfortable yeah like it's it's contained you know where your levels are at like even just on a like you know how it should be and then it just becomes about like the content you know either the conversation or the music or whatever it is and um but when you're on the road and and we're bringing it back full circle now back to when you were talking about showing up in uh you know some random giant you know theater or you know, uh, performance, uh, location and you have to suddenly scramble like in the studio that doesn't happen. That, that's no. why I've never toured. That's why I've never played live. You know, well, I guess the only live things I've ever done were for something you were doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was always, it was always just like, uh, well, 
what is needed? What, what do I have to do right now to solve the problem of there not being music or solve yeah. the problem of not? And that goes again back to putting out fires. You know, there, there's so many times in my life where people, especially after the fact, you know, having been out of the whole Hollywood system or whatever, um, for uh, two years at this point, you know, people will always ask me, uh, you know, what do you do? Or, or they'll find out about like what the past five or six years of my life, um, were, you know, what did you do? Or, you know, what, what are you capable of? Basically they're trying to always gauge like, how can they, um, utilize you? And I, most of, most of the time, honestly, and it's, it's facetious and I admit it, but usually I'm just like, yeah, I, I was a fire extinguisher. Amazing. <laughs> you know? Amazing. Yeah. Like I, 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 I put the fire out and that could have been at the YouTube HQ making videos. And that could have been in my apartment making videos or the studio or again, my apartment usually like making the, the demos and the recordings or writing the songs or whatever it is like it was putting out fires. And, and this is before I, I became fully independent, but when you're working with someone who you're really putting on a pedestal, you're holding them in the palm of your hands and lifting them up as much as you can to show the world, especially when you're young and you don't really, um, you don't really fully understand how that person is to be perceived. And so you're forcing that perception. And that's a big part of a lot, a lot of what people who are familiar with my work. And if you're listening now and you're not familiar, if you go back, maybe this is a fun thought experiment to, uh, see it for the first time. You know, it's to me, it was always just like, I'm doing my best to, you know, lift, lift this person up because I feel like it's my responsibility because at that time, especially I was not confident enough in myself to say, Hey, I'm writing these songs and I should, um, present myself. But at that time I, I wasn't, I wasn't okay and secure with myself enough. So I defined some, you know, uh, white, young blonde girl to, um, be the voice. And I was wrong about that for sure. And, um, there's, there's no way of like sugar coating that to me, it was just like, well, this <clears throat> seems easier than, uh, confronting my own, <laughs> I don't know, confronting my own, um, insecurity. I've never related to you more. Thanks for saying that. Like, I do that with 30 or 50 people at a time. The fact that I <laughs> am putting on down and smiling myself, this podcast and me as a music is, and I refuse to do a podcast or I didn't, I'm a, I want, I didn't want, ever want to be a, the only time I was ever on mic. If it's like Brody or like somebody asked me to be, I didn't ever want to, you know, like, dude, that's so fucking relatable. And like, I think another way that we just instantly connect is like the producers in us. You're a, you're not only this incredible musician, songwriter, like director or whatever, you're a producer at heart, but you're able to produce for yourself. And this is like really hard to say. And I've known it for a long time. I've talked to friends and therapists about it. I, when I make a song and I put it out 
if I sit and sp- spend, this is why I, I make a song in a night. I track it. I record it. I do all the vocals and I walk, uh, walk away. <laughs> and I just went yeah. I, pulling all these cassette tapes from our band in high school from 16. I have 40 cassette tapes. I, and all these uh, songs I've made over the past 20 years when I was younger that I was so embarrassed and ashamed of, but I would put them out. And then sometimes I, and I'm listening to them now. I'm like, dude, the energy, these are this is insane. You're 16. It's great. And so I'm like, yeah. uh, you know, and it's like that, uh, that Netflix show dark where they all have like, every character has, it's a time travel show where they have like a young present and future version of themselves that all collide. And the future version of themselves are like different people. I, I, I totally understand that now. Cause it's like, but, um, I do that too, because like, I can't, I can give so much every, I, and anybody I've dated is in, after you can say what you want about me, everybody I've dated is, I, I, I'm sorry if it sucks, but like I, I, I push people out of their comfort zone. Okay. Like not in a bad way, but I actually talk about, I'm like, let's work on our mental health. Let's work on our art. You're an amazing artist. I will in the middle of a fight in like, I've been in fights with somebody where they're like, Oh, I like, I don't want to do this. I just want to be alone and make art. I'm like, I think that's a great idea. You absolutely should. (laughs) And like, you're a great fucking artist, you know, like, I just feel like I can't do that for myself. So that's like my big confession is that it is the reason this took four years because I didn't have any artists around me to do my thing with. And the reason that I didn't do this because I, all of the, this is why I exploded with that episode. I deleted you guys is cause like, and why I was talking to the haters is like, I don't want all of the toxic shit. And it's not just the cancel stuff. It's like, I was very outspoken and I used to fight with people online when I was younger. And I used to just be like, tell people off. I was very hot headed and stuff. And I still kind of am. And, but like, I it breaks my heart if somebody has to work with me and put out, sorry, dude, I'm a fucking like, I'm emotional about it. If they put out their art and receive any sort of toxicity or hate from it, because not only because of me, because of like past versions of myself that I don't even agree with or identify with anymore. Oh yeah. Oh man. And that this artist is, um, they're alive on the earth right now. And so what's amazing about down and smiley and even with one of the artists that I've never met in person, who's my favorite artist, I was starting to write them. I've never been moved by, for so long by somebody. And I started to write them this sort of formal email. I was like, fuck it. And I went on my phone. I sat, I built a fire in my yard and I fucking wrote like the stream of consciousness. Like this could either go either way. This could completely alienate them and push them away. Or this could, this is just how I fucking feel about you. And I just tell everybody, cause we're only art People, art is so undervalued. This is why Down and Smiley is fucking art, dude. And I was trying to tell people with Feral Audio, the reason I'm building this the way I am is because the original, like after Feral ended, ended that first month, I, I had this, I was starting to come up, I've come up with all these ideas over the years, but I came up with this idea. It was one line when I was, because I, I write, I, I come up with ideas for things and I write them out and then I didn't, I didn't come back to this for eight or 10 months after, but Down and Smiley is from one idea in line that I wrote down. It was like, how, you know, so Feral Audio, how I, how do I do this with any kind of artist? Because Feral Audio was an art collective, you guys, and it was considered a pod. All anybody cared about the podcasters, but so many illustrators, artists, did the programmers, did the logo, website, uh, cover art, 
you were doing music. So many musicians did music for it and they lived nowhere on our site and they got no fucking credit. And I was like, this isn't just podcasts, you guys. And like, so if I was like, if I could do this again and what's crazy is like over the years and everybody on this, the point is everybody on this right now, who's especially who said yes, has given me for, and I, I do have flaws and I am super chaotic and I fucking, but I'm a good per. I I don't believe in good or bad, you know. Like I know that I'm an ethical, moral person, and I wouldn't. The reason for that is, how come all of these amazing artists, in a drop of a dime, with everything you guys fucking think about me and I think about myself, would say yes to a crazy idea like this, knowing me and my history? Because art, you guys don't appreciate art is. So, I watched all of you during fucking COVID. COVID was amazing for me, especially with you. Everybody I knew was at home, was churning out the coolest shit. And LA is over, dude, because yeah. we found out you can, okay. LA is dead. You can do Saturday Night Live, you guys. New York's dead too. You can do Saturday Night Live from your home on your computer. They did Saturday Night Live. They didn't miss a week. All of them were doing sketches. For, like, dude. It just the all of a sudden the circus tent came off and there was nothing but poles. Yeah, yeah, the and, cat was out of the bag. And Netflix has been doing this for years. A lot of their movies and shows are from other worlds and countries, and that's a great thing about Netflix. And I was talking about Dark; it's a German show. I, they're really shitty about their translation. A lot of the dialogue actually is is is, is lost. They, the people who do the English translation and Netflix are shit, and they need to get it together. But like, um, so a lot of the nuances and stuff. But like, I was like, no, I love art I essentially and I had this business guy sit me down you know I was working for somebody after all the shit went down and he sat me down and he really he was like a billionaire and I worked for him for a minute and uh, I just I wasn't over my drama and my shit and maybe I didn't kind of want to be there but I was oh what did he say he goes he goes I get it I like you you you're an artist I get it but you come with drama and I'm trying to run a business so either you come in tomorrow and you act like this is a business or I want you to just go be an artist. And I just went and been, and it was one of the best things anybody ever fucking said to me, you know, and that was one of the first, I oh, never, <clears throat> my art is different from, and this is the point of down and smiley. Uh, Twitter's the worst. This is why I'm so going hard for on Twitter right now. Nobody, nobody fucking, when I know people, when, I'll, I'm telling you this right now. This isn't bragging. Anytime I follow these random kids, I've never even met them. And I, cause I think it's so fucking brave to tweet out. This is my art. And if anybody wants a commission, because do you know what it takes for somebody to do that? Yeah, dude? That's, yeah. That's like, like scraping your knee on concrete. Oh, it's the most rip your chest open thing you could do. And I've done it. Yeah. And, I the second I see that, even if I have fucking three hundred dollars to my name, I give half of it. And I, you know, like I, I've dated people who are like, love is just electrochemical impulses, and the only reason anybody even uh, like is in love or dates is just to have babies, and life is just like. It's like, dude, explain art. <laughs> like, you think that the only reason we're here is to make babies? Like, there's tons of people who never have children and make art that, like, lives on forever. Like, do you think the only reason we're here is to make just dumb babies? Uh, I know you're about to have a kid, but hear me out. Um, 
there are people who actually believe that life is about that. And you are somebody who's good at doing both. Cause like I am, I am, I've spent the last five fucking holiday seasons alone. And I think maybe I leaned hard into like moving an artist and a partner in to try to like not be alone again. But like, I maybe both of my parents sensitive or a little, I just have to accept that. Like, fuck, you know, I'm probably going to spend the rest of my life alone. I don't know. Maybe it'll change. Well, you can never, you, you can never tell the future. And also to, to that last statement, you yeah. know, I, I guess my, my rebuttal, if you will, would be, how is it possible to make art without babies and relationships and hurt and love and, crazy parents and loving parents and insane people that you see on the street, you know, like that, that's, that's all, that's the fuel for what I do, you know? And I know everyone always, you know, typically when look at the, look at the career of any prolific or, or, or maybe uh, an artist that's not, prolific any artist who has a child or a child on the way they tend to make some really wild shit um i recently rewatched the harry nilsson documentary one of my favorite songwriters of all time and uh if you're not familiar with harry nilsson i know you've heard you put the lime in the coconut that whole thing um, Nilsson Schmilson is probably the starting point. It's one of the best music documentaries, dude. You got that in the Scott Walker, 30 Century with Man, but the, the Nielsen one, you got yeah. to watch it, dude. Both of those. Yeah, guys. really. And the Klaus really Nomi one. Yeah. No, he Nielsen. Harry yeah, Nielsen. The, the Klaus Nomi one's great. But um, Harry Nielsen in particular, I just, I always really identified with because uh, he's he's a songwriter first. And most importantly, uh, the greatest songwriters I can think of from Lennon and McCartney, Brian Wilson, uh, Randy Newman, all of the legendary kind of cats. Um, they all have a, a, a very severe reverence for Harry Nelson. And so I highly recommend the, who was Harry Nelson documentary, but, um, yeah. Cause you were always putting lime in your coconuts, dude. When I met you, that's <laughs> the first thing I saw you do. No, like well, Ma- madman, like it's unhinged. It's like, it's, and that's a part about, so that, and that was so fucking beautiful and poetic. What you just said, I almost wanted to end it in the episode. Um, and we'll wrap it up here soon, but well, I, I have a, I have a button on that when, when you are ready to wrap it up no, because it, it ties it all together. I'm going to just say this is that I went up until six months ago, my whole life saying, I don't want kids. Cause you know, I next the past seven years when I'm not abstinent, I'm non-monogamous and stuff. And then, you know, usually like my non-monogamous partner wants to be monogamous. I'm like, that's fine. I can do both. And all of my monogamous relationships seem to have blown up. And a lot of my non-monogamous ones seem to have turned into lasting friendships or just, you know, so I've just been doing this, but like I do, I, I just thought like, my biggest fear was I just don't want to be a fucking deadbeat dad. I don't want to be, cause I know I can't even fucking, I can't, uh. I, I can't even take care of myself still. How am I going to take care of a kid? But what you said is completely true. Um, Radiohead, 
you know, I I think of terms in either Bowie or Radiohead. Like I am the age Tom York was when they were doing In Rainbows, and each of one of them had two kids at that point. You know, oh, wow. and, and arguably Disc One and Disc Two of that is probably their best work. Um, I I agree. Yeah, I think In Rainbows. Is and the this, so I still do Uber driving to get by. Um, I have a job I really love, but like in I still do it to get by. And a month ago. And I love it because, you know, and I, I didn't do it because of COVID. I was I had to deliver food, but I'm doing it again. And it's really good for me because I'm a f- like five star. I like do a really good job. And it's like really it's like speed dating or whatever. But like I have really amazing intimate conversations and moments with people. I like people. Um, I'm energized by them. I I crave being alone sometimes, but I really am like, I, I, it's hard for me to be alone for too long. Like I go nuts. So this girl got in my car. I couldn't be any different from, and she's, she's just starts talking. Some people just want to talk the whole time. And we Mm. parked at her destination and she talked to me for 20 minutes because she goes, she was saying she was a Christian. Uh, Mm. her name was China C H Y N A. (laughs) Yeah, like the W. I believe at the time yeah. it was WWF. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, to be politically correct, in 2022, I believe it's WWE. <laughs> so this time, and even though this, you know, it's great for you know one of my best friends and partners of five years, even though it didn't work out. Um, obviously, they did what's best for them and for me if they're not ready. But so t- I was asking, I. I think I may even asked you and I asked a few of my friends who are fathers like about having kids because I I had for my whole life been against it and then randomly in this car this girl started talking about it and I was like well it's interesting because I'm thinking about having kids for the first time she sat me in the car for 20 Mm. minutes she said the most amazing thing to me this is just a working class girl super trashy really beautiful the best heart and soul she said she was a Christian she kept talking about God but she goes yeah, I, I fuck basketball players, and uh, I, I have kids with basketball players because I'm trying to get rich or whatever. She goes, no, I do it because I love kids. She goes, I have five kids and across three different dads. And she goes, you need to have a kid. She goes, it doesn't matter once you have one. You The second you have one, it doesn't matter if you have one, five, or ten. All It's just the same. You It'll lighten up your life. It'll make you work harder. You'll never work harder in your life. It's like the number one thing you need to do. It's like, you will never feel more complete or work harder. And once you have one, it doesn't matter. You you'll just want more around. So you think you don't want kids now, but it just takes one and you want every single one in the world. It was, it changed my life. Highly, highly intriguing. Yeah. The context of that is certainly perplexing and beautiful. When is, Um, when is your due date here? Uh, at this point, any day now. Uh, due, due date due date is May 11th, uh, so we're getting into that five week <clears throat> territory. But uh, your boy is uh, on our little break that we took um, during this podcast. I went and laid my hand on the belly and felt him, you know, jumping around like a fucking maniac and. Uh, yeah, he's he's ready to to come out. Yeah. I, I you know w- w- what what you what you just said. You know, it, it, it's funny because the context of it was so silly and you know um, very thought provoking and and what a what a circumstantial anomaly that that ride 
must have been. And, uh, and thank you for sharing that. But I, I, I definitely, I, I do, I, I, in a, in a weird way, I do relate, um, to that person who, who, uh, shared that with you and you shared that with us because I, I was that guy, you know, my, my whole, um, definitely through my twenties and something changed. Maybe it's a biological clock, certainly in my, uh, early thirties. And and now I'm in my mid thirties and pulled that trigger, you know, like, Hey, yeah, we're doing this. Um, it's, it's, it's a cool, it, it's a cool thing. And, uh, I'll, I'll relate, uh, I, I think maybe Dustin, I told you this already, but for, for our, li- our listeners here, the, the first thing, uh, that I thought, and my, my brother, my younger brother asked me this, uh, after the first ultrasound and, you know, they bring nowadays, it's all very high tech and they pull up the 4k TV and, before you know what's going on, suddenly you see this child. Yeah. I love uh, this living. You were sending me baby pictures and you're like, dude, I was not prepared for the heartbeat thing. It has subwoofers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They have, they literally had like 15 inch subs in there. Like you can like feel the heartbeat. It was like a steady, like 153 BPM. Yeah. yeah, Uh, (laughs) Keep keep going. No, no, no. But, but it was, yeah, you, you you know, the story, but uh, you know, it was, it was really, kind of kind of game changing for me because I, I, I was one of those people who who was just like, I oh, don't know, it's not for me and bringing a bringing a child into this crazy messed up world. It's it's not fair to the child and this and that. And then life happens and that's one of those things that I used to kind of poo poo on when people would say and I, I thought it was like a cop out or something like that. And, but now, uh, some, something really switched in me and, um, I'll tell you what, like putting your hand on your unborn son and feeling him communicate with you through touch and putting headphones on the belly and seeing what music he, he responds to. And, um, you know, first thing in the morning, waking up and just feeling to make sure that he's moving, um, it's, it's really a profound thing. And when my brother asked me after the first ultrasound, he's like, so what do you think, man? You know, just being silly and jovial about it. I think it was probably as weird for him as it is still to me. And I was just like, man, like I I've done a lot of drugs and been through some crazy shit. Uh, ain't nothing remotely close to this. It's the trippiest thing ever. The second I heard that heartbeat, man that was heavier than any mushroom trip i've ever been on (laughs) and i'll tell you what i felt the presence of and started believing in god because of a mushroom trip and this was a whole different thing so i'll say to anyone who is willing to receive the message and it's all good if you're not hey i get it man you know it's weird you know we all have our own uh, lifestyle and, and, and things that we believe in and how we feel about what life is and what life isn't. And that's all good, dude, like nothing but love. But uh, in my experience and, and the love that I feel between my friends and my family and now with my, my unborn son, I can say confidently, um, it's brought 
a glow into my life. And that glow is a radiating warmth of peace and happiness that I hope that anyone who's receiving this message can uh, feel to some degree in some sense, because if anything, it, it brings a smile to my face when I fall asleep at night and when I wake up in the morning and I'm not bummed out anymore. And I hope that someone, even if it's one person out there, uh, will, that will communicate with. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if that's what you had to end it on, but we'll, I have, I have one more thing to say to you in regarding that. It's like <clears throat> doing it now, but you know, when I got that text from you in this heated breakup moment and it, it, it I was hyperventilating, I've never cried from happiness before, you know, and this girl I'm breaking up with, she's in, mm-hmm. it, it brought life to the breakup. We had two final good days mm-hmm. together. And then she asked, why are you crying? And I was like a toddler and I was just like, I just know he's going to be the best fucking dad. And <laughs> yeah, it's true, dude, you have your positive, you're, you're so, you've always been so you're so fucking positive and it, I love that it comes with an edginess and a roughness <clears throat> and you have discipline and love and you know, everything you just said, you truly believe in. You've always been that like, and it was mm. all the times you like tweeted super positive shit. It was like, you really fucking were always positive. You've the most positive person dude. You're going to be the most amazing father. You're one of the, you're the most amazing friend. You're the most amazing Thank artist. You. Thank you. We went three fucking over three hours on our first thing. You are in a different go. time zone. I love you, man. Um, thank you for doing this. Oh, I love you. I love Anytime. You yeah, I, I would. I would love to do this as many times as you'd like to. Yeah, we'll do it uh, regularly, at least once a month. Cool. I'm in. Yeah, man. Get some sleep. Curl up with your uh, your 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 woman and your 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 son. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, get some sleep, man. I'll text you tomorrow. Do you're my hero. Okay, cool. Uh, you're mine, man. Yeah. I mean that. You, you you mean the world to me. Yeah, man. We ride together. We die together. All right. Peace. We certainly do. Peace, love, Hi. happiness. All right, I'll talk to you soon, bye.